Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Apologize early for my tardiness, everybody. Welcome to the show. Wasn't Doc's fault this time? No, I was actually on time. Actually, I was even early. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. and I wasn't even here to see it. Yeah, so I guess it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If I'm not here to see it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, my apologies, uh, not only for being late, uh, but uh, also because only your right channel is working at home today. Don't uh, scramble around crawling underneath your desks and trying to fix your computer. It's not your computer. It's the compressor that we've been nursing for six months. I gave it the hammer for five minutes. You did. You were sweating hard. Uh, it's working now. I can see it. But it's going to go in and out throughout the show, yeah. I imagine. Um, can you fix just it? Just a disclaimer. It might only be working for the high levels. And I don't know. Maybe the archive is going to be better. I can fix it in the archive. There you go. I just for the rest of your show, you're only going to be hearing it out of there, out of your right side, or on and off anyway, because right now it's working again. So, my apologies. I got some good things planned for you and some nice announcements for you today. They're going to make up for uh, the lack of audio in your your left channel. Not the least of which is that it's our very first uh, Queen of Beers show. Yeah. Women in Home Brewing, specifically the Queen of Beers. We're going to be talking about the competition. With us today to talk about that are Beth and Craig Zangari. Welcome to the studio, folks. Hi. Hi. Hey, welcome. We're so happy to. Uh, Danielle and I have been looking forward to the show for I'm a pumped. long time. Oh, Danielle is already calling it the Chick Show. <laughs> <laughs> Who is no, calling it that? Danielle is. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Scott's comment was so do we have a bunch of fruit beer around? You <laughs> <laughs> chauvinist. I, I thought Beth was going to club me. <laughs> I just about did. It's the first time that our studio doesn't smell like balls, to be quite honest, everybody. Just letting you know that. I think it's awesome. I always want a girl around now. It's because you were riding the motorcycle and you aired them out. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. So we do have an exciting show planned for you. We're going to find out all about the Queen of Beers competition. Uh, We're going to talk to Beth about her illustrious career, if I may uh, use that word uh, to 
in regards to anybody's career in brewing. Uh, as an author, uh, uh, at least uh, for, for magazines and, and lots of writing that you do, which is how I first heard of you, Beth, and then I met you at NHC, and we talked about this show. Uh, not only as an author, but uh, an organizer, a beer judge, a brewer, uh, and, and, and the works. And I guess uh, Craig himself is an established home brewer as well, huh? Uh, to to a point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you bring did you guys bring us any homebrew just by chance? No, just two bottles of Optimators. Ooh, so that's... hey, that's a good sub. That's going <laughs> yeah, to work for now. That's a good substitution. One of the things that we're going to do also with Beth a little bit later is we're going to do some tastings uh, and let her help us evaluate beers. I think you're going to find, at least I've found through your writings, Beth, that you uh, have some different descriptors than are, are normally used, and I really like that about your writing. I think it helps to have more language involved in describing beers. You know, women are uh, a little bit more um, able to use language than men in, in general. So, you know, we're we're better at using our words. And she just said creative. we're dumb, Craig. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not no, saying I a word. <laughs> in a really yeah, nice. We only way. know seven colors. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Uh. <laughs> Mauve is not one of no. them. No, and chartreuse. Mm, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Teal is borderline. We can occasionally use the word teal, but uh, only if there's another woman in the room, not if there's just a bunch of guys. I think we recognize the word teal, but we probably wouldn't use it. Yeah, that's right. My bike, my motorcycle, for example, is not teal. My motorcycle. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It's not teal. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to do some tastings and, and get into that with, with Beth as well, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I've got some listener beers in the fridge, plus we have a variety of uh, regular beers. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll do that, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Where'd you come down from today to get to us? Um, actually, we came here from uh, Placerville via Yuba City. I was at my parents' house over the over the weekend and came down here after helping clean out a trailer for a while. Uh. Fifth wheel, we're getting a new one. So. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That's quite a drive. Um, it's about two and a half hours from Placerville to here, so right. it'll be late night. I want to point this out. This is why I'm bringing up how far Beth has come. Uh, we're uh, one for three this month for guests showing up, yeah. Doc. I know. I was a little worried. <laughs> and Beth has had the longest distance to travel of all of those guests. Probably put together. That's right. <laughs> and is still here to do the show. So props to Beth for showing up, for yeah. for not making us a no-hitter through the month of September. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, it's our we've never had this happen before. We've had it happen um, sort of with a long interval in between, and one time that it happened, we even got the person on the phone anyway, right? Yeah, this is the first month that it, there was, like, some serious no-show. This show. is like we had the plague or something. Yeah. Like it wasn't so my fault. Something we don't know. <laughs> the word must have gotten out. Yeah. Uh, but Beth, uh, having traveled a long way, is here with us now. All right. Uh, so today is the Queen of Beer show, and we're going to get into all of those things for you. Doc, I got a ton of feedback today. Uh, good, bad, and different. Yes, a whole bunch of crazy feedback. I'm going to put it off for just a second because I do have a couple of quick announcements to make. Has oh. anybody found out about this stuff? Have you seen it in the chat room yet, Daniela? Anyone noticed our new... Nobody uh, has said a word. They've only been up for a day, so and, and not even a not day. Even they a went day. up uh, sometime uh, this early afternoon, yeah. noon or so. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, a couple of good things. Um, and by the way, if you sign up for our newsletter, you can find out about all this stuff, too. It's right there on the main page. We've added a new page to our website, and it's the Brewcaster blog, so that we can keep you up to date on our travels and things going on. So now, right there on our left side navigation of the home page, where we sign up for the newsletter and you hit the Chat Now button, 
all of those things, you can also sign up for our Brewcaster blog where we're going to keep you up to date. So specifically, this first road trip that we're taking to the GABF, which uh, begins tomorrow morning. Yes, at 6 a.m. Yes. Uh, we're going to be able to keep you up to date on the road and add pictures and let you guys know what's happening as we do our brewery tour across the West and on our way into Denver, Colorado. So you can check out the Brewcaster blog. I just envisioned Dumb and Dumber. Going across there. Yeah. <laughs> going across there now. It's going to be very similar. Dumb to and Dumber and Daniela. That's right. There you go. You've got to keep them straight. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the deal. Uh, we, we got that happening. And then the other one, now this one I'm really excited about. Uh, we've been telling you about our new podcast series called The One Hour Boil. And we've been telling you about it for a while. We recorded it uh, a little while ago with John Palmer. It's now available. The One Hour Boil is now available. But here's the thing. Now, Doc, you you know how it's gone since the beginning. We we get a lot of requests to do different things. Uh, one of the things is people talk to us about. Uh, some people say you guys need to have more fun on the show. Other yeah. people say, listen, you guys don't give us enough information. You're having too much fun. Too much fluff. Yeah. So you got that happening. Well, you can't please everybody all the time. You can't. Well, you know what? As long as we're happy, yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> then it's fine. The other request we get is ways that people can help the Brewing Network. And people have wanted us to do a subscription service that right. you could, but that you could do it voluntarily because we like to offer our podcasts for free and we want to keep it that way, uh, with the ones that we've been doing. Uh, so I didn't want to, uh, do a subscription service. I just said to use the donate button. Well, a lot of people don't like the donate button. They don't feel like they're participating and they, in general, for some reason, the word donate just has a negative connotation. It, says, it has don't in there. <laughs> it has don't in it. <laughs> Although a lot of you do donate, so I'm not discrediting any of that. You really have been beautiful to us and appreciate that. So what we've done is the One Hour Boil podcast series is a purchase-only series. you got to buy the One Hour Boil series. Now it's cheap. It's $2.50 for one hour of all information. I don't dick around at all, Two fifty. Two dollars and fifty cents. I don't do and it's any, all quality. I don't do any screwing around. I just sit there and I take questions from the listeners, plus from the brewcasters, with a guest, and I ask the questions and I feature the guest. It's all about the guest and getting out great information to people directly in a one-hour format. There's no breaks. There's no commercials. There's no music in between. It's like your it's like doing your one hour boil doc. And you it gotta, supports the BN. And it supports the BN. Every time you download one of these podcasts, you're helping out the BN. So this first one with John Palmer is available now in the Brewing Network store. Just hit the store button right on our homepage, and if you want to listen to the John Palmer thing, it's two dollars and fifty cents. Now listen, I know the deal here. Everybody transfers files and and and, and borrows music, so to speak, and all that. I have not done any encrypting to the file, okay? I'm not taking any measures to keep you from from buying one file and passing it along to your friends. Do you even know how to do that? I don't know how to do any of that. Okay. And I wouldn't even <laughs> if I did because you could do it until there's no tomorrow and somebody can still figure out how to... Uh, how to get around all that. So just use the Brewer's Code, guys. All right? If you want to hand it to your friend, that's fine, I guess. But uh, if that if you if you happen to stumble across an episode of the One Hour Boil and you didn't purchase it, it's stolen. <laughs> you know? I cut out all the uh, music that we were playing without copyright, and uh, there's reasons for that. So You don't want to go to jail. Yes. 
Support the BN, all right? Buy our podcast. It's a good deal. You're going to like it. All right? That's enough about that. The one-hour boil now available on the Brewing Network what, store. Just what, hit the store button. Got an idea what the next one's going to be? You know, here's to, I don't have a specific idea, but a lot of what we're doing at the GABF when we go here is a, a lot of schmoozing and mingling. So and the, be- the beautiful thing, here's the other thing that the one-hour boil uh, kind of covers because it's not a live show. It's, it's pre-recorded. It opens me up to be able to get a lot of interviews that we've not been able to get on the show. Because a lot of people are in other time zones. They don't want to spend their Sunday afternoon Sunday with us. Afternoon, right. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of family time. The one-hour boil allows me to schedule the interview on their own terms. And I can do it via the phone and get a much clearer connection than we do when we go live. And there's all sorts of benefits of it. So at the GABF, I'm hoping to book you know, a lot of people. I'm real interested in getting Charlie Papazian on the one-hour boil again. Uh, because we did do an interview with Charlie but I don't feel like we did justice to all no. of the things that uh, Charlie can take care of. And so I really I want to get Charlie in here. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, brewers from other parts of the country, the whole bit. Yeah, the other parts of the country are, would be a plus because we just don't get them here. They're in the, they don't really want to call in. We, yeah. can't, we can't get them into the studio. The studio is the best way to do it, too. But if we can get some more of these uh, one-hour boil out there. Great. It'll be good. So that's what I'm. Uh, one of the things that we're doing along um, the GABF. Man, I'm looking at these audio meters, and I know these listeners must be going nuts. Oh my gosh, it's, this it's driving me crazy. Going nuts about the audio today. Well, but just bear with us. Yeah. Well, we need a new compressor. Hint, yeah. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. Buy the one-hour boil. <laughs> How many one-hour boils do people have to buy? Yeah, for us to get someone a new out there has to Seven have it. The compressor is just sitting in their garage, not doing anything. Yeah. Send it on down. That's how we got the air conditioners. I think after the show, I'm going to take our compressor out back and set it on fire. Oh, oh no, just hit it more with the hammer than you already have been. Then it will work again? Uh, yeah. What a pain in the just ass. Just try to fix it on the brake. There's no... All I can do is hit it. Yeah, hit it again. <laughs> it's helped before. Get the German chick to hit it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to hit it. Oh, man. Man. Oh You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, let's do some feedback, folks. Then we got to get to Daniela's world vigorously, too. Yeah, there's really so much. I don't even know if I can get through all this feedback. Let's start with... Uh, Pick the bad one. I got two different ones from Pope Jamil this week. <laughs> Was he drunk? Well, I don't know if it's even the same Pope Jamil. There's so many Jamils out there. It's unbelievable. I can't figure out if it's the same one. Is that the anonymous Jamil? Yeah. I'll read them both to you. All right, this is the first anonymous big, Pope Jamil. and angry. Justin, you no-talent hack. (laughs) First, I'm offended by Doc. How dare he bring in such a blasphemous song last Sunday? You (laughs) banjo-picking, goat-loving, dope-smoking hillbilly. God will fuck you up for that. (laughs) We're going to play play it again. again. Yeah, it's a good song. We definitely have to play it again. And Justin, I'm not surprised you're upset about the BYO write-up on the Jamil show. The truth hurts. Now stop whining like a spoiled, semi-retarded child. God will also f you up. Keep your whining for when you're watching The View. <laughs> I haven't watched The View in a couple weeks. Hey, yeah, Rosie's on it now. Really? Uh, Doc watches Shaking the View. things up. <laughs> Speaking of retarded children, it is quite fitting that Chicken Boy has turned to making wine. Wine is for wimpy little geeks like him. God effed that little retarded boy up good before he was even born. Man, he's angry this week, Anonymous Jamil. 
I'm sure God will also F up Crazy Dave for missing the show last week. And Oz, by the look of him, God already F'd him up. Daniela, I thought drinking 18 liters and pissing myself at Oktoberfest was our little secret. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's okay that you mentioned it. It lets everyone know that the Pope is human. You're so hot, God will want to spank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. P.S. Look for me at the Oktoberfest. I'll be the one in the pea-stained robes. Yours lovingly, Pope Jamil. <laughs> you want the other one to see if uh, if one which one's the imposter? This one was a real Pope Jamil, I know already. Yeah. Yeah. But give me the other one. Justin, you no talent ass Ooh. clown. Oh. A twist on that. Sounds like the Pope too. He's, this one's about a lot about lunch meat, I think. He says what? Your schedule is so busy that you can't take time out of your heathen lifestyle to do that wildly unsuccessful Friday lunch meat show. I have to call in to B3 and find out how much work Gay P does around there. They must have workers' comp for severe inflammation of the oral cavity. So what kind of replacements did you find? Uh, did you hear? I don't even want to finish reading this one. This one just gets nasty. Oh, then uh, don't do it. Yeah, did you hear the Friday show this no, week? No, uh, I got really busy right away. I was going to do it, and I had pissy patience, and it was nasty, and I had to, like... Uh. It was, I couldn't. I wanted to. It was Push and Sven, the makers of the, uh, yeah, of the 5 wanted. o'clock song. Um, uh, the new handle, The Butchers? Yeah. yeah. And so The Butchers was actually the show airing, and I guess that butchers he Butchers handling the meat. Yeah, he didn't handle it. Yeah, I don't want to keep reading because it's turning into like the profanity show. Just a lot of cussing from Jamil this week. Damn that can't thing. be the Pope then. He usually doesn't cuss too much unless it's about you. Uh, here's another one. Pope Jamil? No, it's from somebody else. Justin, you lazy ass, no talent, hot girlfriend, have an out of category Bruin, too many awesome brewers as friends, have an hack. <laughs> he knows a lot about you. What's Some, up? Summed it up. This One again sentence. is about lunch meat. What's up with the meatless Fridays? Are you too bitty? Uh, see, I'm like, yeah, all right. It just gets ugly again. <laughs> I didn't read It's a lot of things. anger because you didn't do lunch meat for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Got people going to withdrawal there. They're hurting. Yeah, they are. I miss it too, actually. He says, it's not like you're being paid for this anymore. <laughs> and then he says, all right, I just donated 10 bucks. Now you are being paid for it. Bring back lunch meat. Uh, okay. Yeah, so the deal is I'm not intentionally not doing lunch meat. It just it, Things are busy with the GABF. Uh, the FM show is killing me right now because we're coming up on a new... Um, I don't know, quarter, I guess they call it or something. And I got to find new sponsors, and I was running around all week this Friday, uh, you know, begging, basically, for people to sponsor the show. So I apologize. I'd much rather be in the studio with you guys doing lunch meat, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I thought your knees looked a little dusty. It's not fun. I don't like that part of my job. Uh, Some of the people are very cool, and they're fun. You get to have beer while you're selling sponsorships, but uh, for the most part, you're going around soliciting, and it's not fun. I don't like it. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, lunch meat will not even be back next week because we're at the GABF. We'll be but back the, the week, week after. We'll be back the week after that. Are you? Are we doing a Sunday show next week? No. Next week, no. You're off next week, Doc. Yay. <laughs> Here's another one. Geez, I hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. But he goes on to say, we are two weeks away from the GABF. Uh, so this obviously was sent a week ago. And your loyal listeners have no idea what you're doing for the event. Are you broadcasting from the event? We have no idea. All we know is that you're taking a nice little road trip to Denver. Well, good for you, but really, who gives a shit? How about any interviews with any of the 10 billion local breweries while you're in Denver? Just think of it as a way to get blown off by professional breweries in a whole new state. And that's from Chad. 
Uh, Chad, ye of little faith, of course we're going to bring back good information from the GABF. That's part of the reason we're doing the road trip. We will be taking video interviews this time and audio interviews all the way through and booking guests while we're there. We will not be doing a live broadcast from the GABF. Uh, We wanted to change things up and focus on this video that we're doing. So I do apologize there's no live broadcast, but uh, it would have cost us like $750 for the booth to do a live broadcast. And uh, well, So instead you're doing video? Instead we're doing video because you don't need a booth. Then you walk around. Jackass the brewer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What else do we got here? Somebody else wants me to keep playing copywritten music at the breaks because he says he listens to other podcasts that do it. But... No, they're doing it. I'm just telling you, they're doing it illegally. Like they just haven't gotten a cease and desist email yet. No. Well, we could push it till we get one of those. Nah. The last one's a really nice one. Should I even break the uh, the hate mail? Of course. Yeah. I appreciate nice feedback. We need a little bit of like sugar on Who, it. I do got one more funny bad one though. Let me do that one first. Justin, you five keg hoarding, excellent brew buddy, non using, smoking, dirndl wearing, chick banging, hard on for a locomotive horn blowing. That was from last week. That's funny. Uh, beer queen bitch. He goes on and on. A few questions popped into my little head while laughing uh, my uh, ass off on the bus commute from work. Uh, he says, anyway, does Doc or today's guest have any thoughts? On using uh, spicy for for priming. Yeah. Am I saying that right, Doc? Spiza. Spiza for priming. How much? Uh, how warm or cold? And finally, will it work in the cake? Yeah, that's what I did with the half. You did. Yeah. Is that a traditional thing to do? Yes. Did you use the spiza? Yeah. Okay. And I used about a gallon per five gallons for it. Okay. And uh, I put it in the keg, uh, racked on top of it the fermented beer on top of it, and then I repitched some more yeast. And then uh, capped it, purged it, and let it sit about 70 degrees for about two weeks. and It was nice. Okay. I saw you guys blew the keg, too. Yes, we did. It's all gone. What else does he want to know? I don't know, some other weird things. He wants me to know that uh, chicks don't really like to be compared to strippers. And this is from Tin, the angry Minnesota. Every one of them? <laughs> yeah, all of them. I like to be compared to strippers. <laughs> yeah, because I think I spent half the last show comparing yeast to strippers. Well, you know, <laughs> I keep telling you, you got to get a poll in this place so we can actually compare. Yeah. I'll second that. <laughs> yeah. Beth <laughs> <laughs> <Death> is down. <laughs> all right. Uh... I have an announcement. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> we have a listener. His name is Parker. And he just donated a compressor to us. Oh, check, is that right? Check out www.parkeraudio.com. It's on its way. Wow. What a nice guy. <laughs> I told him. Amazing. Wow. wow. See? All you got to do is make a show sound like crap and things start to happen around here. <laughs> well, we got to quell all the complaints. I, I'm yeah. blown away, really. That is, that's really generous. That is so cool. Thank you, Parker. Same name as uh, Doc's Kid, by the yep. way. Yes. How nice is so that? So, parkeraudio.com. Well, actually, actually, for a minute there, you said, yeah, we got a guy, Parker, in the... Chat room. And my 10-year-old's in the chat room. <laughs> yeah. Bump him out of there. Yeah, get him out quick <laughs> before I get to the next email. <laughs> uh, this is the nice one, although it starts out not very nice. I'm not going to read the start. He says, I've been exposed to your little radio show for a couple of months now. Little radio show. I don't like it when people say that. It's never a nice thing. Right, Beth, has anybody ever said, oh, nice little beer that you made there? They've never said I was little about anything. <laughs> It's not nice when you say that to somebody. It's a cute little beer. Go do your little hobby there. 
Come along. No. Anyway, he's been listening to our little show for a couple of months now. He says, I say exposed because I'm going to need months of therapy to find a shred of sanity since I've been listening to the show. Since I came across the archives, all I do is listen, brew, drink, check the forum, and buy new equipment. (laughs) That's good, man. What's the problem with that? Yeah, really. He says, I've even found myself deleting porn from my laptop just to make room for the archived shows. There is something fundamentally wrong with that. He says, I agree. He's been assimilated. (laughs) Yeah. One of the new pieces of equipment I just bought is a new iPod. Duct taping my laptop to the lawnmower just wasn't working out. (laughs) So I had to do something. 300 bucks just to listen to your show, he says. What the hell was I thinking? Uh, He says, quick side note, did you know that you can put porn on your iPod? Which brings him... It frees up the space on the laptop. Yeah. Which brings him to his current complaint, and he's complaining about the format I use to title the podcasts, because they're all titled BN Sunday Live Show, and then just the date, and he's angry because it says it doesn't tell him anything about the show. When he scrolls through his iPod, uh, it just gives him the date, so he wants me to consider changing the name format to something like the date, and then the fermentation show like we did last week. They want okay. the topic in the title, which is an excellent point, and uh, it's, uh, it has come to my attention before. I just didn't want to go through and change all of those other names that are already on iTunes there. Um, but I'll get to it. All right. Starting today, I will title Excuse me. today's show The Queen of Beer Show. Well, couldn't he just check it um, on the forum because there's so much? And well, I'm yeah, sure yes, Lupa or so Code much. has some, some place there that it's it got them all listed. a list. Yeah. I know the deal with these guys. A lot of them bypass the website altogether. They just get the RSS feed, and it goes straight to their iPod, and then they go. Or, or they want to, you know, on a Sunday they're they're out mowing the lawn, and they just want to scroll through and pick a show. You know, they, even if they've listened to it before, they want to go. Oh, well, I want to catch up on my fermentation, but they can't figure it out while they're outside with a beer in one hand, the iPod in the other, and the lawnmower and gone. The, and the lawnmower going. So they want the name of the show, which is cool. I'll, I'll change the names. Great idea. And uh, starting today will be the date, and uh, it will be called the I Love Beth Zangari Queen of Beer Show. From this point forward. Yeah. I hope I don't get hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Well, you haven't tasted their beers yet. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. So, uh, all right, that's the uh, the feedback world. huh? Not so bad, right, Doc? I mean, a couple of bad ones. But... So you love that. It's fun. This week was fun for email for me because I just got hate all the time. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes I get real. It's you know what the real hate ones though. Sometimes those aren't as fun. Yeah. Like the the funny hate. That's good. Yeah. But I've com- gotten some real hate ones. <laughs> they're not fun. They're they're kind of fun. No, nah, they're not. You don't want to be hated by people. No, nah, I guess. Not. Oh, but he is. He just <laughs> want to hear about it. Yeah, I just don't want to know it. <laughs> all right, it's time for Daniela's world vigorously. Daniela, yeah. what's happening in your world? Well, today? I was thinking this week while I was at work and bored, so I started thinking about booing and monasteries. And that led me to the conclusion, okay, monasteries, that means monks and nuns, though. So what's the role of females in brewing? Uh-huh. And I did some research, and I thought, oh, awesome, we're going to have Beth on the show, so let me do some research about women and historically in home brewing or brewing overall. And I found astonishing information. There's a big prejudice out there that uh, brewing has always been dominated by, by males and by men, and that it's a, a man kind of thing to do. 
Yeah. It's quite the opposite, actually. Okay. In the Middle Ages, brewing used to be a female task only because it used to be a, a considered a household uh, task. So um, as the waters were contaminated, beer was a thing that people really drank, ales, of course. So the women were just sitting there brewing beer all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that hot. <laughs> so whatever happened to that? I don't know. Well, I kind of do know. The research has told me some. So... I mean, we have that on the household side, so that women would be uh, brewing beer in the Middle Ages to provide beer to their husbands and even to their kids in order to have like good stuff to drink, right? Not contaminated waters. Um, we also have some uh, nuns writing. The first one ever to write a scientific um, thesis about uh, hops in beer was a female. Is that right? Yes. Hildegard is from Bingen, she's called. Beth, and you know all this stuff already, right? I've read some of it. I've read, I've read quite a bit of it, actually. Okay. Yeah, but I think most people out there don't know. I actually, I was not aware of all that. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is um, uh, it's great. And so women have always been very uh, involved into brewing. And, for example, um, you know, like today in our days or in the 50s, maybe women would get together the housewives and they would drink their coffees and eat their cakes and stuff. They used to do that, do that with beer. They would gather together. They would have their home brews. They would talk about beer recipes and about brewing and all that stuff. How beautiful is that? That's a lot better than cake. <laughs> it's a lot better than cake. Instead of coffee party, you have a beer party. Also, in Europe, a thousand years ago, there was some designated beer pubs just for females. I think that's beautiful. I mean, now they're probably the dyke bars, but, you know, back then <laughs> they, they were. They were then, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, what's the difference? <laughs> and all this historical evidence can not only be found in Europe, actually. The same applies to Southern Ameri South America. Okay. Um, some, uh, some tribes before the Incas, even, uh, they only would entitle their very noble females to brew their beers. And what they would do is, uh, in Peru, for example, what they would do is the females would brew the beer, then they would gather for a big, big feast, kind of like a fair well feast because after the feast they would destroy and smash all the steins destroy and smash all the plates burn down the houses burn down the brewery wow. and then leave and move on to a different place didn't they wow. kill somebody and too yeah like, why <laughs> stop at all the smashing <laughs> most likely <laughs> And uh, researchers... The ritual sacrifice. Yeah. Archaeologists... What is that word? <laughs> Archaeologists. <laughs> Thank you. They brew vigorously. <laughs> they found evidence, for example, of one of those breweries in South America that was capable of brewing 1,800 liters of beer. So we're not talking small amounts here. Wow. Yeah, so... That's this like is a week's worth of beer. It is. <laughs> in your case. Good for them. So, you know, How many times would you piss on yourself out of 1,800 <laughs> so liters? <laughs> Good question, Doug. Doug was asking what happened to all that, what happened to the female power in brewing. Yes. And um, researchers say as men realized that there's a bunch of cash in brewing, and as brewing became a job that was really um, you know, admired by society, they just took over. So out with the gash. And they actually, the in some countries even, I think, I believe, like Scotland one of, being one of them, they didn't allow females to brew anymore. You know, they banned them from the profession so men could take over and destroy it for the females. Yeah, and make all the money. So here's my shout-out to all the females. Get back into the hobby. Get back into brewing. We yeah. can do it. We've done it historically, so why not do it now? You can control Learn from the history. world. Yeah. No more Avon parties. <laughs> no, have a homebrew party. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, Beth? Definitely. You with definitely. us on this? <laughs> See, we Craig? can call them Avon parties, but we <laughs> really know. Yeah.
Craig, uh, you're one of the lucky ones. So you've got uh, you know someone to, to brew with you, a partner. That's fantastic. You bet. Actually, actually, I learned a lot from her at the beginning, and then you know because she's now we the, fight over the equipment. Oh uh, right, and, and the style brewing equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I just say to myself, I wouldn't do that, but it's your beer. Yeah, yeah. So Beth, you were brewing first in this duo, huh? Yes, it was my fault. Okay, and were you two together at that point, or you brewed before you even met? No, we'd been married. We're married for Yeah, we'd, we'd been married for a few years before we started brewing. I was on one of my many walks downtown and uh, was walking by a shop and saw a sign in a window that said, learn how to brew your own beer. You, and I you thought, can plug this shop. Plug it, it. It, was sure. the wine, it was the winesmith in Placerville. Okay. And they're, they're no longer doing the home brewing classes and what have you because they're really focusing on wine and what have you, but they have an excellent, excellent tap selection and bottle selection. Um, anyway, that's kind of our local hangout. Okay. Um, at that point in time, the the current owners also took the first class uh, with us. We all learned how to brew together, and um, the first week after taking a brewing lesson, I brewed three batches of beer before I ever knew what the first one turned out like. Really? Um, and the, the rest is kind of history. So you just loved it right from oh, the yeah. get-go. Oh, yeah. I'd been making bread since I was about probably six or seven years old. Okay. So it was it was a really natural transition to go from this solid bread to this liquid bread. Yeah. So. Do you still make bread with your spent grain now? Have um, you ever done that? N- I have done that. Okay. Um, not so much because one can only eat so much bread. Yeah. And, you know, the carbs, I like my carbs liquid rather than solid. Sure. You know, so you have the, the grilled chicken and nice toss green salad and a beer. And a beer. Perfect. I like that. Someone was asking in our forum not too long ago about good uh, beer recipes from, um, you know, different uh, beer making products, too. So not just regular stuff. So that's kind of what I was asking him about that. Well, the best bread I ever made, actually, was made with uh, dried lager yeast. <laughs> really? Yeah, it turned out really flaky. It was really nice. <laughs> okay. It was beautiful bread. Nice. Dried lager yeast. There you go. I think that's one of the things they were asking, too, uh, is whether or not you could use uh, brewer's yeast to, to get into it. All right. So what else, Daniela? Is that uh, is that the summary of that's the women in That's my Vigorous World for today. All right. Fantastic. Thank you to Daniela for uh, another uh, Brewers World Vigorously. Somebody in the chat is saying, that's awesome. Give me a, make me a beer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's their summary of my story. <laughs> See, I knew this was going to happen. Doc, we're going to try to uh, be diplomatic about this show, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Beth, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to warn you right now. They're going to turn it around on us. They're going to try it every step of the way. Oh, yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> it's the chick show. Yeah. It's Tune not in. the chick show. <laughs> That's right. Or it's the chicks in beer show. <laughs> it's the women in brewing show, right, Beth? Yes, definitely. Right. There we go. Whatever. <laughs> See, Doc's on the side of the chat room. Now, the other thing that we did was ask listeners to, uh, you know, bring the wives and girlfriends into this with them or encourage their friends to come on and listen to the show. So hopefully we've got some of those folks out there. I, th- I had a call a while ago. I wonder if they're still even there. Hey, caller, are you on the air? Still there? No. Come on, come on, come on. They nope. dropped. All right. Call back, and uh, we'll be happy to take your call. we got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, all things women and brewing. We're going to start talking about the Queen of Beer competition and uh, a little bit about Beth's history as her own Queen of Beer. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Oh, sinner, do not stray from the straight and narrow way, for the Lord is surely watching what you do. If you approach the devil's den, turn round, don't enter in, lest the hand of the Almighty fall on you. He'll fuck you up. He'll fuck you up. Yes, God will fuck you up. If you dare to disobey his stern command, he'll fuck you up. Don't you know he'll fuck you up? So you better do some praying while you can. Long ago, a man named Lot had a wife he thought was hot, but she could not stop her black and sinful ways. You know it was her own damn fault when God turned that bitch to salt. That's the way he used to work back in those days. He fucked him up. He really fucked him up when the people went and turned their backs on him. He can fuck you up. No shit, he'll fuck you up. Just like he fucked the people up back then. I used to have a friend named Ray who walked that evil way. He cursed and drank and broke his neighbor's fans. You know Ray was full aware that some sheep were over there, and he knew them in the biblical sense. God fucked him up. He went and fucked Ray up. Went and paid him back for all his wicked sins. He fucked him up. Fucked that boy completely up. Now he's married to a Presbyterian. Yeah. So that kind of led up to this conversation. And uh, here you go. I'll just play this clip. This is uh, John Plisse and, and the rest of us on the Brewing Network this past Sunday. It's already what? It's, it's hurricanes. Fire ants. Fire ants. Alligators. Chickens. What? There's a chicken's disease going on right now. A chicken's disease? You mean the bird flu? Yeah, are you talking about the bird flu? (laughs) (laughs) And that's just in Florida? I thought it didn't make it to our country yet. Not yet, at least. (laughs) I'm just talking Florida, man. (laughs) But hey, what the hell, while we're at it, let's pin the chicken's disease on the state. (laughs) (laughs) The chicken's disease. Oh, man. Oh, the chicken's disease. And it's not just that it's all of, there's all of a sudden a chicken's disease. Yeah. It's, it's that he thought we were just naming off every natural disaster happening in the world. Man. In the, he's, yeah, well, there was Ebola that one time. <laughs> Right, and it's the Queen of Beer show on top of it. Lots of good things planned for you today. One thing that we told you we would do, and we said it last week, was give you our itinerary for the GABF. So I want to do that just real quickly before we start talking to Beth here. And it's basically so that if any of you are along the road trip, and by the way, I'm going to put this up in the forum tonight. We just got it finished uh, today and really kind of hammered out all the details this morning. So I'll post this in the forum after. But for those of you who don't use the forum, shame on you. I will give you uh, the itinerary right now, just just a a real quick version of it. We will be in Reno tomorrow at 11 o'clock. We're doing a tour 
of Silver Peak Brewery there. So we'll be in Reno. Uh, we're going to be having, I think, lunch with Buzzcut while we're there. So uh, that's uh, one opportunity if you want to meet up with us. Uh, Silver Peak Brewery around noon will be there, uh, and that's in Reno. We may be stopping by Great Basin while we're there. It depends on time. We do have to get to Salt Lake City by uh, tomorrow night, so it's a long day for us. Headed to Salt Lake City where we will be at Squatter's Pub tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to be there right around 10 p.m. having beers until they close, I, I would hope, until midnight. That's Squatter's in Salt Lake City Monday night. On Tuesday, we will be at Uinta Brewing Company doing some filming and interviews there. It's an all-wind-powered brewery, so I'm, I'm really excited about going there and seeing that whole setup at Uinta Brewing Company, also in Salt Lake City. And we'll be having lunch at the Uinta Brewhouse Pub again around 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. We'll be doing that. Uh, so that is Tuesday, 11 to 12, we'll be at Uinta Brewing Company in Salt Lake City. From there, we're headed down to Moab, Utah. Uh, if we have a listener in Moab, I, I I will be very impressed. It's the middle of nowhere, and that would be awesome. We're going to Moab Brewing Company and Eddie McStiff's Brew Pub, which just sounds fun, doesn't it, Doc? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moab Brewing Company, we're doing a full tour and some interview and filming there. We'll be there by about, oh, 7 or 8 p.m. So that it will be Tuesday night in Moab at uh, Moab Brewing Company and Eddie McStiff's Brew Pub. Uh, finally, on Wednesday, we are traveling all the way across Denver. We're going to stop in the Fort Collins area, hit a couple of brew pubs there, probably Breckenridge Brew and maybe Kanawha Creek while we're there at Grand Junction, Colorado. And then heading on over into Denver, where we will be going to uh, hopefully the Brewers Party, assuming we make it there on time. We're going to hang out with all the brewers there in Denver on Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday, we're actually doing a full brew with Golden City Brewing, uh, which is in uh, Golden City, Colorado. It's the other Golden City Brewery, is what they like to say. We're going to be doing a full brew with them and filming the whole thing on Thursday. Really excited about that. And then we'll be at the GABF session. That's the opening session on Thursday night. We're going to set a time to meet, I'm thinking 6.30, and I'm hoping that we're going to meet at the 21st Amendment booth at the GABF. But I'm going to confirm that with Sean O'Sullivan later. We'll find out. All right? That's basically the deal. The rest is tentative. we got a busy schedule and uh, hoping to do the whole thing. I will post that road trip schedule in the forum tonight and maybe even on our new Brewcaster blog. If you hit the blog button right on our homepage, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Ozzy, you're on the line. What's happening, brother? How are you, mate? I'm doing real good. How are you? I'm good. I don't know if anybody realizes this, but you guys today are making Brewcaster history. Are we? Why is that? Yeah. This is the first time there's been three queens in the studio. <laughs> I don't think that Craig appreciates you calling him a queen. <laughs> I, didn't, I said three, not four. <laughs> See, I knew this was going to happen. I set myself up for it by calling it the Queen of Beer show. I knew you are all going to be saying, oh, so it's Justin's show, isn't it? You <laughs> bastards. It had to be said. It's the other kind of queen. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, Ozzy. Is that all you came to do, is to ridicule me? Well, yeah. Oh, look, pretty much, yes. Yeah. Good for you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> halfway across the world. Good work, Ozzy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, uh, stay tuned and ask us some uh, women and beer questions later. Uh, uh, well, they don't have to be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, if I can put one comment in. Sure. When uh, uh, Daniela was speaking about women 
a few hundred years back were the ones that, that did the brewing, that sort of stuff, and the men took over. Yeah. Same thing happened in the hospitality industry. Once it became an industry, the um, the men took over when there was money to be made from it. Ah. The, uh, the, the, the men have stood up and said, yeah, we'll get paid for this. So are you talking chefs and things like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You, you go back a few hundred years, all the old recipe books that you can you can get your hands on they're all written by women right um up until sort of the the mid 1800s that's when the men took over excellent yeah. point it's all the mm. industries right as soon as it comes to cash you got it the dudes that's are like right. all right uh, all right step aside now let's make some yeah. cash you know you, you stay at home and, and breed my kids and i'll go and make the money and yeah yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I know a couple of guys um, who do the opposite. Their wives work, and they stay home and take care of uh, the family, the babies yeah. and stuff. They're the happiest dudes I've, I've ever met. They're the happiest um, guys I know. They're like, man, are you kidding me? I don't know why back in history it, it, it flip-flopped because uh, this is like the best, uh, the best deal that I can think of. These guys love it. They love their lives. They're just hanging out. They're watching Oprah, you know, <laughs> the whole bit. If I could come home from work and die says I made you 50 litres of pale ale today, I'd be a happy man. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, hey, no. I make you beer. Don't complain. And, and I was happy you when you did, beer. didn't I? Yeah, you don't make Oz any beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Get on the plane. Well, I cooked for you, Oz. Craig, you, you can did. relate to that, right? You come home and like maybe right, you already knew the beer was coming, but then it's on tap and you're like, oh man. Absolutely. Only uh, chilling it down. You know, we leave it outside on our deck and ice it down and give it like, you know, a half hour. And it's usually a British style pail. So, you know, 60 degrees or something doesn't have to be that bad. And, yeah. you know, when the wintertime comes, it's even great. So I just keep it out of the sun. Yeah. And you look at Beth and you say, Beth. Have I told you that I love you <laughs> every day? <laughs> no, usually he says, put your shoes away. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you lose any man points either for having your girl brew your beer. I think you should actually no. get extra man points. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. think you definitely gain man points. Yes. Yeah, Even you gain man Even points. Even I do. I need all the man points I can get. <laughs> Especially if you like the same style. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true so, too. You know, like yeah. we like like Northwest style pails and British styles, and occasionally a German style. But you know, cascady, crystally, malty, you know, ten fifty type stuff. Right. I see that. You know, ses- yeah, California session beers. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's what we drink. That's your main style there. That's like it. Them. And you brew to drink now mostly. Is that kind of your deal? It, it's kind of our house beer. Okay. You know, we our our taste in beer is way too expensive to try and uh, support it wholly by. Uh, one income and um, yeah, and uh, buying it all the and time. And to have it so. with your food, your meals and yeah. stuff. That's what's even the best. You know? And friends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the friend, the friends deal is 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 such a bonus when you can invite people over and you got a keg right there. It's fine. We noticed. I, I've talked about this on the show before. Once we started home brewing, it is amazing how much money was left in my bank account starting to homebrew because you know. I'm going out and finding craft beer every night of the week. You know, mm-hmm. what's on sale at the old Safeway this week, right, Doc? You and, got yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I saved, you know, you're talking seven bucks a night by once I started homebrewing. Because I would come home and say, what's on sale at my house? Well, wouldn't you uh, actually spend or drink more because you had a whole keg instead of having to be, you know, leashed by that six-pack? Yeah. That, that $8, $9 six-pack? Right. Mm-hmm. Changes everything. Well, Safer too. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're not driving around. Well, oh, I'm going to bottle the six pack, go driving around drinking. No. Sure. I'm going to put the keg in the back of the truck and drive around. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, or I'm out, of, I'm out of beer, so I got to go and pick up another six pack. Yeah. You know? You rarely run out of beer when you're a home brewer. It's yeah. true. Because you, you know, not just because you brew a lot, but because you keep really close tabs on your homebrew, right? You're always che- you're like, okay, I got another. I know I can enjoy this for another night. Yeah. Or you have some specialties you have hidden away, and you think, yeah. I'm saving this for a special occasion, and I think tonight's that occasion. <laughs> 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 All my special occasions are when we run out. Yeah, I'll <laughs> oh, hit the barley wines. I'm like, man, we got to celebrate something tonight. I'm feeling special. Yeah, the, it's Wednesday. The view was really good today. Yeah. We're breaking out. This new beer. <laughs> We're halfway through the week. All right, Oz. Thanks for the call, man. Oh, my. It's okay. <laughs> we'll see ya. Good old Ozzy from Australia. All right. Triple eight four zero one beer. No. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is it. I almost said the other number. Oh, yeah. eight 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 four zero one beer That's right. Triple eight four zero one beer eight 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 four zero one beer that's our number call us up ask us any questions you want get your ladies to call up too that'll yeah. be fun and uh, you can also join us in the chat room where daniela is and taking your questions or you can skype us our skype name is brewing network all right speaking of females in brewing one of our listeners just told me that his little daughter 13 years of age is brewing her own root beer is that right isn't that great yeah that is great actually i, I like that yeah that's cool easy to convert your equipment over to the soda deal. So that's a great way to get the kids involved. Yeah. Future home brewers. Future home brewers. Five more years to go. She's going to be brewing his home brew. Yeah. (laughs) There's Doug Daddy. Self-reliance. It's teaching self-reliance. This is important. That's right. (laughs) Well, you know, I like the whole homegrown aspect of it, too. So for her to, you know, that self-reliant part of, hey, I want root beer. Okay. Well, you know what? You don't have to go to the store and buy root beer. You make root beer. Let's do it. So you know, and what a great way for a dad to hang out with his kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice. That's true. Hey, speaking of future homebrewers, by the way, did you see the post in the forum? This uh, one, of our, one of our users in the forum posts his two babies in there. It's under the I Think Babies Are Ugly thread. And, right. uh, it's under Justin, the Justin, not, not all, all white kids, kids are, are ugly. ugly. Yeah, it's Justin thinking that white kids are ugly thread. And, and here's everyone posting their white babies, uh, you know, proving me wrong, all these good-looking kids in there. So he posts, uh, you know, a picture of each of his, of his babies. And one of them, and, and, he, and, the, and the title of his post is, I think they're future Brewing Network listeners, right? But one of them's got a can of Keystone Light in its hand. <laughs> no. Like it's empty and it's, it's upside down. The kid's just like playing with it. But it's Keystone Light. And I'm thinking, that's not a future Brewing Network listener right there. I mean, give it a, if it's going to be a can, give it some uh, IPA, some 2-1-A. Some watermelon weed. <laughs> yeah. Or at least give it a, a you know... A bottle of homebrew or something. Yeah. No fruit beer. But so that baby was still ugly, <laughs> if you ask me. It had a Keystone Light in the picture. No, again, you know, that Keystone Light just added to the ugliness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's kind of cool. Though, You're so a yeah. jerk. Yeah. All right. That's Justin, right? <laughs> We're here with Beth Zangari and uh, Craig as well to do our Queen of Beers Women in Brewing show. And uh, Beth has quite a history as a brewer, so I want to get into talking about that. And feel free to call in and ask your own questions. Uh, how long have you been brewing now? I started brewing in 92. Okay. So however many years. That is 14 years in June. Fantastic. So. And how long? And, and you're also a BJCP certified judge? Um, I'm a BJCP master judge, and I took first took the exam in December of 96. Okay. And this was after I'd been judging a little bit. I was kind of encouraged and pushed along by a couple of people to start judging and... Um, 
kind of tagged along in another group of people who were who were taking a study group in a class and um, got roped into retaking a little bit more recently and um, it's a it's a lot of study but I learned a lot about brewing and a, a lot about troubleshooting my own beer okay. by, by judging and by taking the classes that's a good deal did you find that having the the study group deal really helped uh, to pass the test too very definitely yeah. um, the way that uh, the way we worked the class the very first time was uh, we would take some of the the questions off of the question list you know the question pool yeah. and we choose the the one question that we thought was the most difficult, and answer it. Okay. And we we'd each answer. There were four of us, and so we each class session we'd answer four questions, and then we would discuss our answers with each other. And it was really a great forum to exchange information because of our different points of view. So it was a good team le- learning experience. Especially when it ends up being that the test is, uh, I, I mean, aside from the tasting part, the written part is essay questions, right? It um, is a very challenging exam. Yeah. It is challenging. So being able to hear all those ideas in the study group, I'm sure, helps a lot. Rather, than, oh, And I guess what I mean is as opposed to getting your own study guide and, and doing it all by yourself, uh, it's got to help out to have the group that's going for the same goal. It, it does. It definitely does. That's not to say that, that there's no value in having a study guide and doing a lot of reading and study on yourself okay. or on your own. But when you really start exchanging ideas with people, I mean, it, it's, it's a forum type of atmosphere. And just as with a situation like this where we're sitting around, we're talking about a subject, exchanging ideas, yeah. um, even if you don't agree with them, with somebody else's ideas, it gives you something to think about. Right. You don't have to agree with it. No, you absolutely. You have to think about it. But, yeah, know? just to have it there. Mm-hmm. Now, and you're a master judge. Yes. Is that the, to- is that the grand poobah? Well... There is, I know of one Grandmaster three. There are various degrees of master, oh, okay. uh, Grandmaster, Grandmaster, and, on, and on above. Okay. That, so, but, but as far as taking the exam again, I don't ever have to do that again. That is great for you. <laughs> it's like graduating university. You're like, sweet, I could do other things now, but I never have to graduate university again. Yep. Nope. Now you have to teach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to advance, you got to teach. Okay. That's it. Now, are you a judge too, Craig? Uh, just um, experienced non non BJCP experienced. You uh, slacker, you're like uh, us. Uh, he just hasn't taken the test. Yeah, yeah. She keeps, you know, I don't know. I just wasn't good at things like that. But I still go to the same party. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> so you're fine. You're yeah. like, hey, I'll steward. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, you know? right. But I do judge. Yeah. Okay. Well, you must have a. I mean, just being around it and being around Beth doing it. Uh, I mean, you must have a lot of the knowledge that you. Would oh yeah. Need to pass anyway. Uh, definitely. Is, well, I learned most of it during the '90s, during a lot of the classic style books, and and and. You know, and I would refer to Beth on a lot of things because she has a better memory retention span than I do. Gotcha. And so I say, hey, didn't we, you know, shouldn't I add this? Well, blah, blah, blah. And then she, well, read it in the book. So then I go, well, uh, I wanted to ask you. So I said, read uh, it in the book. Oh, so yeah. All right, Mom. Da- yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Look at you. You're a stickler, Beth. That's rough. Yeah, so well. it, it helped me. It She definitely helped me become a better brewer. And then I say, well, how does this taste? And, you know, and. What she would say ninety five, and what she would say now is probably a little bit more. What she'd say now is a little more refined. Yeah, yeah. But then I got it too. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I can smell those phenols from ten feet away. <laughs> right. All right. Question that's come through from the chat room for one of our listeners, Beth. I don't know if you know this or not, but people are curious: how many female BJCP judges there are? You know, I really don't know. Um, as far as I know, one of the 
registration requirements when a person um, files with BJCP to take the exam, we, we're not required to give our gender. Okay. So there's really no telling. Um, and you can, you know, basically you find out whether someone's male or female when you meet them. And sometimes even then it's a little iffy. But, you know, <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just life on the West Coast. So. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's but, <laughs> Chris and their friend Pat. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's uh, it, that's what makes it great about the whole judging um, experience and also the brewing experience is, is it is done in a, in a, blind format so there is no gender specificity until you get to the queen of beer competition okay now this is uh, this is wh- why i'm happy i'm gonna since we're on this subject i'm happy about the queen of beers competition and being able to use that as a venue to talk about women in brewing because i have found that the women i speak to in brewing don't want to be necessarily distinguished as separate from anybody else. So in other words, it shouldn't be men in brewing and women in brewing. It, it, they m- much more want it to be perceived as brewers, which I'm fine with, and I think that that's, that is, is valid and the way that everything should be perceived. But when you want to talk about it and you want to expose that and, and just face the realities and be honest about the uh, disproportionate numbers of, of males to female in brewing, what do you do? You can't just ignore it and keep talking about it. And you're, uh, you know, like I said, through the Queen of Beers because we have a competition to promote. The first person that I found that it, were able to do this. And at the same time, I don't want to make this distinction like it has to be male brewers and, and women brewers, all brewers. But we have to talk about We have to have a way to talk about it. That's, that's exactly part of the purpose of the competition from day one was not that women are better, men are better. Of course, we all know women are smarter, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> that, that's what the song goes. That, that's, right. that's what the song says. Um, that... There are women out there who are, who are brewing, and we're good at what we do. And don't be afraid to to get out there and brew. And it was kind of meant to be a forum and an opportunity for women who might be a little bit timid about entering in a competition or a little bit timid about brewing in general to give them a place to submit the beer for yeah. evaluation and not be afraid that they're going to be um, treated differently. Yeah. And it was also really kind of meant as a sort of a little joke okay you know sure um as far as the rules in the first place you know that men were only allowed to operate a capping device and and lift heavy lift objects heavy. that's funny let's face um, it that's <laughs> funny i mean it was written very very tongue-in-cheek i had a few homebrews when i wrote the rules up so it, it was really just meant to be something fun and to encourage more women to brew that uh, was when, the whole purpose when did it turn into a chick fight <laughs> Doc. I hate Doc. The minute the guys started making comments like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We started throwing beer at you. And in glasses, I hope. Empty glasses. We drank yeah. the beer. And how long has the competition been going on now? Um, the first competition was 94. We had a little hiatus for a couple of years um, due to other issues. But uh, this will be the 10th competition this year okay. in October. October 21st is the competition date. And That's great. Entries are received until, depending on which website you look at, the 18th or the 14th. They'll come in the 18th. That's okay. What website? Yeah. You can register for the competition at the um, Hayes, it's the Hangtown Association of Zymergy Enthusiasts website, uh, www.hayesclub.org. Okay. 
and follow the links to Queen of Beer. Is okay. it H-A-Z-E? Z as yeah. in zebra? Correct. Yes. And uh, if you got our newsletter, I linked it there under the description of today's show. So you'll go right to the Hayes cool. Club uh, website. So HayesClub.org, and there you can find out all your uh, registration information. Now, it's coming up. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, 18th being the latest of October, right? Fourteenth mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is when they really should be getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you still got time, you know. Maybe if you did a half of Eitzen or something, you could still brew it and get it into competition. Uh, do a nice, uh, quick one. Now, Daniela brewed a beer specifically I did. for this year's competition. Great, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Glad you, you did that. I brewed. Well, I don't want to talk about no, it in front of Beth. I can't. You're not allowed to talk about it well, at all? Well, she could, but there might be judges yeah. listening, and then they might be mm. trying to pick out her beer in that no, particular style. No, and you're right in front of me, so... Well, yeah. Well, it's probably a German style. <laughs> could be. She <laughs> might have crossed the channel and done a British. Who knows? But uh, speaking of the competition, I have a question coming in from one of our female listeners. Uh, she's wondering if her boyfriend would be allowed to sanitize everything for her or if it dov- that was against the rules already. Officially, it's against the rules, but we're, we don't have a camera on you. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, use your best, That's your best efforts. If if you have a communal brew house like we do, and it just so happens that uh, he was the last person to use the the brewing equipment and properly sanitized it before putting it away, as any brewer should do. Of course, um, <laughs> I do it every. Then, other then time. you know, <laughs> then that's that's allowable. Now, if she had him perform that task for her. No, but that's, well, just, that's just drudge work, like st- lifting and, and yeah, yeah. That yes, kind but of it's stuff. A, but, but it's a very important part of the process. But she, of she, sure. she's making sure it's getting done right. Well, so she's gonna. Uh, be but that's where you cross the line now. There now, you go. Now that's why the rule is there because if somebody else is making sure that she's doing it right, then it's not that brewer doing it right and winning the competition. Correct. So oh. that's where, but that's if he where does you it strain. wrong, if she doesn't supervise, her beer's <laughs> gonna suck. So yeah, the, it can just get worse. So Beth, the queen of beers doesn't necessarily allow assistant brewers in that matter, or do they have to be females too? Um, now, if there were a group of female brewers that got together and brewed, that would be fine. Okay, that's, that's definitely encouraged, and I I do believe there's a group of women in Florida who get together annually and uh, do their women's brew, and, and the guys get to do all the heavy lifting, and they also cook and watch the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. I think wow. they clean up afterwards, too. I didn't <laughs> address that, but, you know, it's once the once everything's packaged, you know, that's mm-hmm. the important part. If it's in the carboy, then the dudes are allowed to go clean stuff? You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now this specific listener, she's going to be brewing this Sunday for the Queen of Beers competition. So if her boyfriend left everything sanitized before she gets into the brewing process on Sunday, she's fine. She's not violating the rules. If if he has used it last and did that, then that's fine. If if that's house rules, when you're done brewing, you make sure everything's clean and sanitized. That's it's house, house rules. That's house rules. That's good. Now, another question I have about these rules, and these are important because this is helping us get to to the whole Queen of Beer competition because it really is supposed to be about the brewer doing it themselves. And just like in, you know, just like in, our, in, in another competition, if you enter the Nationals and you have an assistant brewer, you're supposed to list your assistant brewer. You didn't brew it by yourself. Exactly. Okay. So as I understood the rules, you could get instructions about how to brew your beer if it's before the brew session, or so if the week before a uh, a female sat down with Doc and said, "Listen, this is the beer I want to brew. I I, I want to go through these procedures." And if he gave advice at that point about different procedures, 
before the brew session was actually being conducted. Is that allowed? If it's under a, let's say, a tutelage point of view, let, we're having a class, she's attending a class, she's attending a learning session, and we're, we're discussing all of these processes, that's fine. Okay. Now, when it comes to recipe formulation, she may have the tools to formulate the recipe herself, but she should be formulating that recipe herself, choosing the ingredients. Um, most people get their grain uh, milled at a shop, so I, I think we can kind of bend that that sure. you know milling thing. Yeah. But um, as far as the total recipe formulation, uh, ingredient choices, and all of that, that should be that brewer. Okay. And whether see, these br- are even more strict than regular well, what because a- I can go to B three and buy a kit and enter it in the national competition. Right. What about uh, information like the brewer? She elicits the information. She could look it up in a book. Mm-hmm. Ask Justin questions, whatever. Yeah, right. whatever what would you do that for? Why? Yeah. Um, but as long as it's not tutelage or a direction, that as person. long as it's not an actual direction, like right. sitting like, down, you need to do this. I would this, put this, my this. hops in now, or um, you know, you can set a timer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would use Cascades as opposed to Willamettes. You know, yeah, that type of thing is is not really. I mean, like I said, we're not there watching you. We're, there's there's sure. a little bit of I like you know, to, use your no. own judgment, be honest, be be forthcoming, and and do what's right. You know, do the right thing. Now, have you had any in in the ten years of the competition? Any controversies? Like, you know, somebody won the competition and, 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 and everyone's hanging around. You know, the other competitors are kind of hanging around saying, now, I know. The replay camera she, didn't brew, she didn't brew that beer. Uh, any controversies? The biggest controversies we've had is that twice a mead won. Okay. Won best of show. Oh, all right. And that's the queen of beer. And there was a lot of controversy that that was not, in fact, brewing it was mead making oh i see now that controversy was settled by going back and looking at the nationals and um at that point in time there was in a a lot of different competitions there was not a differentiation between the mead makers and the and the brewers and the beer makers yeah um you know it's kind of like we've had beers win subsequently so that kind of controversy has, has died down a little bit um, that's a whole other project. I kind of think, you know, maybe we should do like the Queen Bee competition for meads or something. Sure. But that's a lot of work, and uh, I think it would be great, but do we have enough, um, is there enough participation to have that, ad, um, no pun intended, adjunct competition? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Additional competition. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen somewhere somewhere along the line, but... Um, okay. You know, that's been the, the root of the controversy was beer versus mead okay. as the best of show. So the actual queen of beer is the person who wins best in show. Correct. Okay. Have you been the queen of beer in past competitions? No, I've only entered the competition twice. Is that right? Because you, you end up judging. Because I'm and, organizing yeah. and, and either organizing or judging or, or you know, integrally in, involved with the whole running of the competition. And so... Um, yeah, I have too much knowledge of what's going on, and I don't think it's fair. Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, I've I've brought that up uh, with with Jamil because Jamil's involved in so many competitions too, and then also judges in them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, people do they you, you all take a lot of steps to avoid that kind of controversy, sending your beer to other uh, districts and all mm-hmm. sorts of things like that. Uh, it's uh, 
An interesting thing to, to, to organize and then enter the same thing. So you've entered twice, huh? I've entered twice. Okay. And uh, Craig, you ever entered the Queen of Beers or uh, not? Uh, no, no, I've I've done food twice, uh, cellar master, judged a couple times, and okay, you know, make sure the place didn't burn down, and that was about <laughs> it. Swept up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, did the cleaning. Did heavy. What, what I was supposed to do. <laughs> heavy lifting, all <laughs> that. Heavy <things>. lifting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The important stuff at the at those type of deals. Okay, let's uh, give the dates once more before we uh, move on. We're going to have to take a, a quick break. But uh, what are the dates of the competition? The judging will be held um, October 21st at uh, Morning Glory Fermentations in uh, Diamond Springs, California. You can look them up on morningglory.com okay. uh, on the web. Okay. And entries are due to our shipping address uh, by the 18th of October, and you can look that up at hayesclub.org. HayesClub.org. Like I said, it's in the newsletter. Um, I didn't get a chance to link it on our, our main site today, but I can probably put it up this evening. HayesClub.org will give you all the information. Uh, when we come back, I do still have some listener questions in front of us talking some more about how to uh, how men should get their uh, significant others involved in brewing and, and what's a good way to go about uh, getting women involved in the brewing process. So we're here with the uh, Queen of Beer Show, and Beth Sangari is helping us out today. We're going to do some tasting and talk more about women and brewing when we come back. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Like sauerkraut with beer, the Danube Waltz brings a tear. It's almost certain, have no fear. You be German, you be German. Blue eyes and frown lines, dream of poly girls at night. Intervener schnitzel like to bite. You be German, you be German. October day to be jubilant and to play. You've been chosen, yes, it's true to be a German and true blue. Like to polka through the night, dance till dawn and delight. After ten beers, like to fight while well, you're a German, you be German. Everybody gets to be German. Let's all sing. We be German. Jawohl. Let's sing the songs we love the most. We'll drink to that and make a toast. Let's raise that glass and shout Proust. If you're stubborn as a mule, it's time to march. To the news, drink till you fall off bar stools. <laughs> Yelling wunderbar, we be German. We sip Jägermeister packed in ice to the strains of Edelweiss. Oktoberfest comes once a year, so everybody celebrate, we be German. Deutsch and Yaman mixed disarray. Yaman. Reggae polka is here to stay. 
Medication, sir. What? Look, cousin, the real bud. Okay. Because because alcohol is that time continuing thing and it just like squishes it down. What did I just say? I want you to speak so that I can understand you. When did you go to jail? That's a whole story in itself. The ceiling here. Did you drop acid? But when? You, <laughs> yeah. Well, are we burning? Not in this now? decade. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Burning what? Yeah. Not in this decade. Listen to me. I want you to answer my question. My question is, what is adult novelty? <laughs> hey, don't let me show you my dip too. Oh. That's baloney. It doesn't make sense. And the virus is going to be outrageous. Forget it. Much smarter than you are. On your best day, you're not as smart as I am on my worst day. No, 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 Rick. Yes. No, 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 Rick. Yes. Are your services done? I don't think I'm finished torturing you yet. Don't make me come over this counter. Uh, no, 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 no. Let me explain something to you, sir. I will kill you, <laughs> and then I will kill myself. Please. And now back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Welcome back to the Brewing Network, it's the Brewcasters, and we're here doing the Queen of Beer show with Beth and Craig Zangari, talking all about uh, the competition there just a couple of minutes ago, which we're going to do some more of, and I've also got some listener questions uh, coming through for us. And we're even on time. And we're even uh, back on schedule now. My God. Started late and got us back on schedule. Unbelievable. People don't even realize that there's a schedule around here. We we actually have one, and it's just loosely followed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As long as we get to everything, then it's uh, it's fine by us. I just, I just look at them as pee breaks. That's pretty. Yeah, Doc. I give. He's like, I need a schedule. Well, why, Doc? You don't pay attention to it. Well, I got to know when I get to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me every time. Eight 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 four zero one beers. The number. Give us a call. Ask all your questions. Uh, you can also join us in the chat room. Hit the chat now button on the main page. 
Don't forget uh, about the new One Hour Boil podcast available in the Brewing Network store. Just hit the store button and uh, check it out. It's John Palmer is our first one, and it's an excellent interview. Also, the new Brewcaster blog is up on the homepage so that uh, we can keep you up to date of our travels this week. And then when we come back, everything else that we're doing, too. All right, a question that came through for you, Beth, uh, right before the break, and I think this is a good question. Our listeners, uh, just like brewing, are uh, predominantly male, and um, a, a lot of them are, are, are quite happy to be left alone while they're brewing. Others are curious about uh, how they can get their uh, partners involved. So uh, a good question that came through is um, what suggestions you might have to get their wives interested in brewing? Well, first of all, she's got to like beer. I mean, if you don't like beer, just forget about it. But I, I basically think that there's a beer out there for everyone. Okay. You know, there really is. So find a style of beer that she likes. Encourage her to try to brew it. And if you have other guys doing the same thing with their wives, do do like this, this group does in Florida. Have a girls' brew day. Let the women brew. Take care of the kids. Take care of the dog. Take care of the other things that need to be done. Let the girls have their time... Oh, that sounds so sexist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let us women have our day together. Yeah. Or as, as uh, my late father-in-law would say, let the hens have their hen party. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, we, 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 we would want them to feel like they didn't have to be watching the kids or doing something else. You know, take it, let them have a day like when you have your brew day, guys. And you, that's, that's your guy's day in the shop. You know, women need that, too, because most women, they work a full-time job, they take care of the kids, they take care of the house, and by that time, they're too tired to brew, even though they may want to do that and they may enjoy doing that. Yeah. Um, Guys, you know, maybe you have your other hobbies as well, but give them a chance, give them time to to be able to do that. And I don't think you're actually, I don't think it's sexist if you're talking about a partnership uh, between two people where if, uh, say, for example, the husband is the brewer in the family, if uh, if the wife at that point takes care of the things that uh, would otherwise have to be taken care of while he brews, I don't think it's sexist to say let the, let the, the women have a, have a day to do it too. You know, it's the, I think it's the same kind of thing. It's that part of a partnership. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess uh, a good suggestion then is to take care of all all of the obstacles that would keep uh, her from brewing. You know? Exactly. Uh, if it, whatever that, whatever they may be, whether there's kids involved or not, whatever the obstacles are, say, listen, I will do everything that I, I don't normally do that, that that you do. I'll take care of it. You brew. Well, I like what she said too about there's a beer for everybody. I've long since since thought that. Yeah. Um, you just haven't found a beer you like when people say I don't exactly. like beer. Right. Right. And to push them to Brew that one beer. Yeah. So yeah. It, might, it might be difficult, but you can help them out, and that'll help uh, with the whole couple's brewing thing. What What if the female only likes uh, beer like uh, big commercial brews, Miller Lite, Budweiser, all those very, very, very light beers? What and you, you shouldn't suggest? have married her. Well, <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. There's things close to that. There's Kolsch. There's a, a few things that are actually better than, but very along light and along the same line. Mm-hmm. And you know, one one methodology for introducing people to something that they might not normally try, 
get a bunch of people together and you have your homebrews and you have some commercial beers there as well and you have a little taster glasses and the oh no no I don't like that beer I just I don't like beer I'm not going to try it. it's like just try it it's an ounce you don't like it throw it on the lawn yeah. you're not obligated you didn't pay for it you shoot an ounce just, of tequila that you didn't like either yeah well, just try it yeah well well there have been times we've been to friends house where we try beers well I don't like that I don't like that but I but I like that yeah, oh the Chimay like Grand Reserve yeah oh well yeah yeah we exactly. have turned more people on more people on the beer who said i don't like beer or i'm sorry for saying this but women yeah. who said i don't like beer um with uh Chimay grand reserve or uh-huh. with steve or a friend of ours steve brews a dynamite kolsch steve's kolsch yeah. um with a really nice uh classic american pills that somebody homebrew they're like well, this tastes good, or this reminds me of the stuff that my grandfather brewed in, right. and had had um, aging in his basement. Well, that's because it's homebrew. It's real stuff. It's yeah. good food. And if they're thinking beer from the first place, they're thinking Bud Miller Coors, possibly. Yes, you know? the the BMC. Yeah. yeah. Yep. See, I think that uh, you know when people say I don't like beer, I think that it's a everything you've just said is a fair response to that because I think if they're thinking of the the BMC, then just try it because you haven't had beer yet. Uh, now for the others, that's an interesting question you bring up, Daniela. The people who say, you know, I uh, my wife only likes the Bud Miller Coors. I like what Doc has said, and and this I'm a big uh, a big big advocate of. And this goes men, uh, women, whatever. When you're trying to get people into craft beer and homebrew, and they say, no, I only like Coors Light. Coors Light's my favorite beer. Is that listen? I can brew you, not, not me. Mm-hmm. But I usually point to somebody else. Somebody I say, could. I say can I, it can be co- this can person be using I loosely. Yeah, it can brew. Yes, I use I, I, in a figure. It can sense, be brewed. I can brew you a beer that is in that style. That I guarantee you is just a better beer. It has more flavor. It has more of the things that you like about that beer in a, in a in a better way. And I, I always really like to say that to people that if they love the Coors Light. Look, I know you. St- well, everything craft beer is dark. I don't like dark. I beer. I don't like dark beer. Dark it's is a color. It's not a flavor. Yeah. It's not a flavor. It's a color. That's right. And Coors Light lost a lot of money every year when we started homebrewing. I do have to tell you. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, that's that's what I was drinking when we started homebrewing. Well, my wife is one of those ones that says I don't like beer, and then I left a couple of pints of my stout out. Mm-hmm. They're gone. <laughs> And I, I, I thought we had gremlins in the house. Yeah. Uh, Where'd they go? Where'd they go? <laughs> That's really good. Or it's, it's, I think, just not trying. They, they equate, and people in general tend to equate um, dark beer with alcoholic strength or with a bitter flavor. But, right. you know, it's just close your eyes and taste it. I used to work in a tasting room. Um, and there were very often groups of people who'd come in who'd been wine tasting, which is always a lot of fun. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what Sounds cute like- little glasses you have there! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so cute. I have to have those. Yeah. That's fine. Drink the beer. But um, yeah. <laughs> but to have them taste something and they're like, oh, I don't like dark beer. I said, close your eyes. Now, do you like chocolate? Yeah, yeah I like chocolate. Close your eyes. Drink the porter. And they loved it. Okay. Because they lost that expectation with the visual connection. Well, even the term of bitter, too, was... Well, yeah, the, 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 um, uh, they renamed the beer in Amber Ale, but um, it, it was a British bitter style. You know, uh, not even it was an ordinary bitter, and it was a lovely beer, but they saw bitter and said, oh, I don't like that. I yeah. don't like bitter beer. And it was really the least 
IBUs of any of the beers that were brewed right. at this brewery, you know? Talked about that on our FM show last week. Uh, we had Magnolia Brew Pub, who does a lot of bitters, mm-hmm. and one of his uh, uh, flagships is, is a bitter. And it's a lovely thing. And I made him explain, you know, please give us, uh, you know, just dispel the myth of the bitter. And so some things uh, aren't, aren't properly titled, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to find the same things on a menu uh, of food as well. Although uh, beer definitely seems to have done well at uh, misrepresenting itself in certain things, and I think that uh, we've been trying to change that for years now in craft beer to try to re-represent uh, what some of these things mean. Well, it, yes. goes, it goes back to there's a beer out there for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Whether they like it or not. And understanding of historical styles as well, I and mean, we don't expect everyone to be a beer historian, but if you say, this is a such and such of an ale, and then maybe in parentheses, a historic British bitters, or, a, you sure. know, that that kind of says, okay, well, now I like an American pale ale, but I don't like this bitter beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, just 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 forget about the title and drink it. Exactly. You, know? you yeah. might find you like it. Yeah. I, you know, I tend to not even tell people what this style of beer is. So if, mm-hmm. if I get them willing to, to say, okay, I'll sit down and try stuff, then it, it, all the words you need are, are try this. Yeah. Like, you don't need yeah. to say try this yeah. uh, such and such. Right. Try this. <laughs> That's it. Just leave it at that. You know? Yeah. Don't say it's hoppy. Don't say anything else. Just uh, give them the beer. The old slam that, try this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, great uh, suggestions. And uh, find something that, you, th- that you'll that you like to drink. Uh, I like that you started the answer to that question with uh, you have to like beer of some sort. You have to find something that you that you like. And that's, a, that's an excellent point. I mean, we're here trying to advocate getting more, uh, you know, uh, females and women into brewing. But look, it's like getting uh, you know somebody into any hobby that they don't like. If you're not into building, <laughs> if you're not into golf, you're not going to go play golf. It doesn't right. matter how much we tell you, golf is great. So uh, it's a great, excellent way to start it. You'd be very diplomatic by saying you, you need to like the you know if you don't like beer, forget it. Keep it in the garage with the dude, I guess. At that point, <laughs> that's his hobby. <laughs> That's, a, that's Doc's life. <laughs> that's his there are things that go on in Doc's garage. It blows me away that his oh, wife yeah. uh, doesn't know. I always ask him, I go, Doc, your wife ever like come in and be like, what is what is it that you're building today? I have, I have like 20 <laughs> projects in the garage. I got to say, I love it when Justin tells me on a Saturday we're going to Doc's. Yeah. <laughs> it's always at like a wonderland there. Yeah, really. <laughs> Doc's get, house is a playground. We get to go to the kegerator that has like five tabs. Yeah. And that's just one of them. That's just one of them. We get to go to the garage that has fancy stuff. We can weld stuff if we want. <laughs> we can shoot stuff, fire <laughs> stuff. We <laughs> yeah. There's goats there. There's goats. There's a flamethrower. There's a, a bow and arrow. Yes. Can we come over and play some? Isn't it great? <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I think you're such a freak, Doc. You got everything there, man. You know, it's all the stuff I really wanted as a kid and I never got. Yeah. So now I do. And you have an excuse. You, it's not for me. The it's, bow and arrow isn't mine. <laughs> oh, you know what? It, it's, it's best they learn that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we have a brew session coming up here. so. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to brew with Doc. A uh, birthday gift. Give it yeah, to me. Uh, he, he opted out for a Doppelbach. Yeah. I'm going to make him do a decoction. Good. Make oh, it a really? Triple. Yeah. Make it a triple. It'll probably rain. <laughs> no, no, no I'm an inside brew house. Yeah, he's so. all. He's got the Beth. You should see his thing. It's well, insane. every time I've ever done a decoction mash, it's been outside and it rained. It rained. Uh, I, yeah. He's got. A whole I'm worried setup. about. A, I'm thinking it's a single decoction because if we do a triple decoction, it's going to be multiple hours. 
at the end of it, we will be hammered and can't finish the brew. And I'm, I'm a little worried about that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. See, that's a, that is going to be the problem with the decoction, because you know we're starting drinking. Uh, you probably get to be spending the night, you know. That night, yeah. 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 Or, yeah. And I'll probably be, uh, it'll probably be in the goat pen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, where I, where I will have fallen. <laughs> we got that we'll have the up. camera. Here's a good question for you, Beth. I guess the traditional okay. term um, for a, a female brewer was, was Brewster. That right? is correct. So this person uh, in the chat room wanted to know, do you consider yourself a Brewster or do you prefer to be called a brewer? Um, depends on my mood. Really, technically, I'm a Brewster. I call myself a brewer just to kind of uh, smooth over those gender-specific uh, terms that that have become politically incorrect. Yeah. It's kind of like like we don't use uh, stewardess anymore. Right, or waiter or waitress. They are the wait staff. Or servers. Yes, servers, yes. Which, by the way, is just degrading to everybody. Yeah. Which, yes. by the way, is just stupid to me to make this distinction. However, yeah. to master, one must serve. Listen to what? You're an old hippie, aren't you, Beth? Are you calling me old? <laughs> I know, I, mean, I didn't mean it that way. I You're meant that terrible. you used to be a hippie. Uh, no, I just watched a lot of Kung Fu. <laughs> okay. Your I'm Kung just, Fu is strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel terrible. I didn't mean it to come out no, that No, don't worry about it. I just got gotcha. you. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you're also a writer, and uh, most of your writing is in Zymergy. Is that right? Well, that's what's published now. I've, okay. I, I used to do a lot of writing for the um, Hayes newsletter. We call it the Brew Noose. If anyone's familiar with the Placerville area, it's historic Hangtown, uh, and right. so okay. our our you know the Hangtown Association of Zymergy enthusiasts. Uh, I won't even go into how we came up with that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, our our newsletter is the Brew Noose with the noose. You know, nice. Eh, yeah, you guys aren't exactly politically correct over there. No, we're not. <laughs> you gotta write it. You That's can cool. have a nice uh, craft beer at the Hangman's Tree on Main Street in Placerville. Where they have a, a dummy um, actually hanging from a tree branch, sticking out of the an effigy, hanging on a tree branch uh, on Main Street. Really? Yeah. Right on Main Street. Right on Main Street. I think that's just. Yeah. Fun. It keeps people in line. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Every couple of years, there's a big controversy yeah, yeah. about it. But I'm getting off the subject. Um, <laughs> yeah, now you're making me think about it too, because now you got me wondering: this is is there anybody left that does hangings? Are there any countries? Or, left? Like you choose a hanging in Texas. Really? Oh, no, you can choose firing squad. Firing uh, squad. Really? Uh, but I don't uh, think hanging. No, I think there's le- countries you left. You think there's countries left? Oh, yeah. countries left? I think there's states. Probably. I'm surprised not the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what yeah. was the question again? I just got totally sidetracked. Well, uh, you uh, you write for the oh, Brew right, News. Oh, br- write for the Brew News. Okay. Um, unfortunately, all of those writings were lost in a fire, but... Oh no! Um, kidding. Yeah, but anyway, oh, that's um, t- how many how many years of, of writing are we talking about? About three years. Oh, that's terrible. Three or four years. But um, I've started. I actually kind of took a hiatus writing for a while, and I've just recently started again. And who knows where you might see my name okay. on a byline? Okay. Um, or a story, or a novel, or a play, or something along those lines. Fantastic. If you haven't figured it out yet, listeners out there, and I know that a lot of you are Zymergy readers, Beth is uh, almost always in Zymergy as one of the evaluators. They do a beer evaluation every month, and Beth is on that panel of evaluators. It's the commercial calibration panel. Mm-hmm. So I'm the token female and token West Coaster. Is that right? Yes. 
And I, know, I always notice it's a little different. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, when you go from one column to the other. Well, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, she's the West Coaster, I think, has, has more to do with it than anything else. Okay. Well, you know, quite frankly, um, we may sometimes buy the beer ourselves at a local And, and I noticed that, too. It, it, you know? it, it's where it comes from. Yeah, sometimes uh, it's shipped to us. Sometimes you've got to go buy it locally, and who knows? It's been sitting on Trader Joe's floor for right. a while. Um, we did have one beer shipped to us in a padded... Just a regular mail padded envelope. Oh, just one of those like foam manila envelopes. It was no, it was like the the shredded paper padding. Nice. I made it. And made it. It was like, oh my god, I don't believe this thing made it. It was open though when I got mine. Really? And the the our postal delivery person said, "What's this?" Oh, <laughs> and so. Yeah. <laughs> my husband says, "Oh yeah, she does this little evaluation thing in Zymergy," and it's like. Yeah. Now they're going to be watching her front door step. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. She's, yeah. It's root beer. They collect bottles. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but they're full. <laughs> anyway. So, the, well, the, what brought me uh, to that is I do have a question that came through, and um, and, and I've read uh, your, your reviews, too, which is, part of the, which is why I want to do tastings with you on the show today. I've got a listener tasting lined up here. That Better we ask your husband first. Yeah. Actually, let's go ahead and, and, and prep that uh, listener okay. tasting. We'll get that one ready. As I question that came through from the chat room says, I think Beth was a writer before. Um, he, he Oh, and this is actually more from, from being a judge. But as a writer, how would you describe this? He says, how would you describe a beer on a score sheet that we would call Dirty Diaper? So I guess it may have been written on somebody's score sheet, Dirty Diaper Taste. And uh, how would you uh, describe that flavor that you get out of a out of a beer? Poopy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Would you actually write thinking, that? I was thinking more the yellowy urine I, I, I might. I might go on to say, is it cat poop after they ate can ah. or was it after they ate crunchies sure. or was it science diet or was it uh, the cheap <laughs> brand that you gotta you remember know. this was in your mouth <laughs> yeah but you well, would have no problem writing poopy i have written poopy you have written poopy. i have written poopy <laughs> I like that. See, listen, if it is what it is, why not say it? It is what it is. Why know? do we have to have some magic yes. term for what it is? Yes, Mr. Saps, is, he, he actually says that that's how he remembered originally. I heard the story, but uh, the term pediococcus is pedia is baby, caca, <laughs> baby poop. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what it is, poopy. Gotcha. <laughs> I think that's fine. If that's what it is, then that's We'd use what a four-letter word, but, you know, we don't. We try to be diplomatic. You can say it, though. Well, I don't want to say somebody's beer tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it tastes because like shit, you just It may say have it. a poopy quality, but it may have other qualities to it. And, you know. Well, see, now that's And then they ask why, how I knew what shit tastes like. <laughs> well, but also, here's well, the thing. don't we all? Saying, here's, here's the thing, though. And saying Luke. that a beer tastes like shit actually has a different connotation. It doesn't mean that it actually has a exactly. poopy character. It just means it sucks. Yeah, like, that's if, true. If, right. So you can't say your beer tastes like shit. Correct. Uh, but you can say it tastes poopy because that actually just it means like shit. a particular flavor. <laughs> yeah, it means literally that it tastes like shit, which is different than the connotation of it. How can like I get shit. this shitty taste <laughs> out of my beer? Well, before we do this tasting, here's another uh, question because yes. we're going to be talking about your palate here. Um, this person says uh, that women's palates are different. 
So uh, I guess according to that, he wants to know, uh, do women detect uh, certain flavors more effectively? Do you know anything about the science behind this? Um, I actually read uh, an Internet article recently that somebody forwarded to us that uh, there was a major brewery conducting um, a taste test on different batches of beer, and they used all female evaluators because of their discerning palates. And there Uh, was some science behind it. I, I couldn't exactly quote it right now um if i could no i think that email probably got dumped but um it was uh, rather interesting and in a lot of the writings on uh flavor evaluation and food sciences um it seems like more often than not the uh experimenters and the people who are who are the test subjects are female okay so it is so it's empiric okay all right fair enough Okay, let's taste this uh, listener beer that you got in front of you. Uh, just f- f- <laughs> <laughs> we're having some yeah, we are broadcasting troubles. Uh, today. We're still archiving. I guess the uh, stream just went down, so we're no longer on the air. Now I kind of want to wait to do the tasting. Yeah, we're back. All right, we're just there we are. Are we back? Yeah, the archive goes. I think whether the stream uh, shuts down or not. And we know people who can fix the archives. Yeah, let's hope for that, huh? <laughs> what a day today is. I don't know. It's happening. It's Sunday. It's because it's always Sunday <laughs> oh, when we right. do this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not different. So yeah. Except next Sunday you won't be doing this. We should be back. We're back on the air now, so uh, all right. hopefully you're still there. The beer that we're about to taste now was sent in to us by a listener. I've had it for a little while. been uh, cramming our shows with so much stuff that I haven't been able to get a good tasting in. Uh, but it's uh, from Brian whose uh, code name in the chat room in the forum is Real Ale 420 Is he by chance with us today, <laughs> Daniela? Which listener? Real Ale 420 uh, No. Or maybe he could just be Real Ale today. I don't know. Not that I see him. Okay. Well, this is his blonde that he sent us, and he sent us a couple of beers. So I just thought it would be fun while we have Beth in here. And, Craig, uh, have you got some of it too? Yes. Okay, so we'll do a couple of tastings here. Doc's got one in front of his. And just to do – now, I – I, I want you to do this uh, as a writer and a judge, okay? So, uh, you know, not just how you'd evaluate it in a judge, but definitely in, in, include that and how you'd write about it as well, Beth. So first things, and, and maybe we should start with your process because Jamil had us, like, smelling our armpits before and all sorts of uh, things like yes. that. Did you use deodorant? <laughs> I don't. Now he had to smell our arm to calibrate our, our nose first so that we could get the aroma. What, how do you approach a beer when you're going to evaluate it first off? Well, one of the first things that, that I do is I smell it. I mean, I, you know, you want to smell it because there's a lot of, a lot of volatiles going on um, in the very, very upfront part of your evaluation that will blow off and dissipate. Um, I've had beers that have been have a really strong DMS um, that, you know, after sitting for two minutes, it blows off. Mm. You, d- you just really don't detect it anymore. That's an important note to make um, when you're, especially when you're judging, that you, your initial impression based on when you come back and, and reevaluate it. What Jamil was talking about with, you know, calibrating your senses by sn- smelling your armpit or your collar or your feet or whatever yeah. is putting some some different aroma um, in your olfactory senses, and then you can come back and what you're detecting really is the change in your environment. Okay. Okay. Now that I have a change in my environment, what am I sensing in that environment? So after an initial smell of the beer, 
then taste it. And when I taste it, I kind of chew it a little bit, let it kind of rest in the mouth a little bit um, before swallowing and getting the full uh, palate sensation on it, which is very difficult to do while one is speaking. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. Yeah. You know, you look like a blithering idiot with beer dribbling out of your mouth while you're trying to talk and nobody can understand the thing (laughs) you're saying anyway. Yeah. So... Um, generally when I'm, when I'm writing, um, and when I'm uh, sensing the beer and tasting the beer, I, I will write down key words on what I'm, what my perceptions are. And it's just keyword, 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 keyword. Um, in a judging situation, I'll then come back and fill in with full or mostly full sentences. Um, (laughs) when, when we're evaluating for publication, of course, then we'll go on with some additional information. And, and it's the overall impression where we tend to wax poetic, you know, and start talking about things like fields and flowers and trees and birds and apples and fermenting fruit in the field. But that's the good part. The overall impression is, uh, is the part that you want to hammer home with because that's, uh, you can pick apart any beer. But it's the whole thing that uh, ends up being important. It is. Yeah. It is the overall impression that is important. All right, listen, i got to interrupt us for just a second because I can see all sorts of problems happening with the stream here. So we're going to take a break and uh, try to make sure it happens because I don't want to miss any of this information. And uh, So I want to do this evaluation on the air. We just got the description of how to approach it. So when we come back, we'll actually do the tasting of this listener beer. Uh, what I'm going to play for you now is uh, from the Royal Deuces, which was the band who actually played live on my FM show today. Uh, and uh, they did fantastic. You can go to the royaldeuces.com. So I might end up going through a couple of their songs while I try to figure this out. So hang in there, everybody. You're tuned to the Brewing Network.
All right, we're back doing everything we can do to get things rolling. Back for people, too. Yeah, it looks like it is over here. Uh, lost it. Uh, none of you are going to believe that this wasn't my fault, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, Abacast, our, our streaming provider, seems to have uh, lost touch for a few minutes there and have now regained touch. Uh, here's our plan, just in case it gets lost again. I can continue to do the show and record the archive, and that's what we're going to do so that everybody can download uh, it in its entirety. You didn't miss anything this whole time. Well, we were just hanging out here, drinking beer, and looking at each other and figuring, <laughs> hey, if we do this long enough, it's bound to fix itself, right? Uh, which, it it, which it did. <laughs> Justin kept crawling under the desk for some reason. <laughs> I was hiding in my shame is actually what was happening. Everything seems to be functioning properly. If it drops out again, we're just going to keep right on going. I do apologize to you live folks. Uh, hopefully the archive, like I said, will be uh, contained in its entirety and... Uh, uh, we're no worse for the wear. They're going to get an angry email from me, though, in German. In German. Oh, even, yeah. That's even angrier. It is even angrier. <laughs> it's, uh, it's <laughs> well, I only bust out the German when I talk to service people that I really hate, and then I yeah. start cussing at them in German. Yeah. Or Italian. It's, it's, or Italian. Yeah, it's, it means you just went into overload. <laughs> like Ricky Ricardo. But we're back now. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody, uh, for, for hanging around uh, through that. Welcome to the wonderful world of Internet Radio, Beth Zangari. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I, I'm sorry. I was sleeping there for a yeah, second. Yeah, that's all right. So <laughs> was, was I. those four beers we had while we were breaking. <laughs> well, what we were just about to do before all that nonsense happened was taste this listener's beer, which is Brian. His name is. It's Real Ale 420 is his uh, chat name and foreign name. And we, we've got his blonde ale. Beth had just given us her synopsis of how she uh, starts to evaluate a beer. So let's dive right into this one. What do you think? Um, well, uh, the first initial aroma... Um, I got a lot of sweetness, uh, definitely a little bit of that buttery, kind of artificial butter, DM, uh, not DMS, diacetyl type of flavor to it, um, kind of a candy sweetness. And then as it sat for a little bit and I uh, had a couple of tastes, a little bit of a kind of a um, cider vinegar, like an apple cider vinegar note kind of uh, emerged in the aroma. Um, the flavor very much followed the aroma. Um, initially, the, the flavor was very um, little diacetyl sweet, um, but it had a very clean and crisp finish. The the hop bitterness is very supporting. Um, it comes across as kind of a noble hop uh, character. Not a lot of flavor, not a lot of hop aroma, but just kind of a crisp bitterness. There's also kind of a chalky quality that um, may come from either the water source or the water water treatment. You know, I don't want to make assumptions on what yeah. how this person brewed the beer, but it just kind of is a chalky, um, it's a mouthfeel type of thing. Okay. It's very difficult to describe unless you've actually say, this is treated, this is what this beer is, and this is what it tastes like. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a training thing. Um I think that all in all, uh, this is a really good, well-crafted base beer that might have suffered a little bit of age, maybe in the shipping. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where Brian is from, but I know that um, I've shipped beers across country to some people where just in the matter of four or five days, it was a really great beer, and by the time it arrived to its destination, okay, tanked. Yeah, and it was a lager beer. So if this was done in with more uh, lager temperatures or or 
depending on your yeast strain, that might be the source of the DMS. Or not, I'm sorry. I keep saying Diacetyl. DMS. Diacetyl. Yeah, Why right. am I saying this? I know the difference. I did say those four beers we had at the break. That's a little excuse. Yeah. Because I'm blonde. I have And by excuse. the way, they were all optimators. Yeah. <laughs> they were staring down the barrel yeah, of that tried, optimator. Yeah. We tried going through the whole case and boy, whew. Yeah, we were like, hey, if the show's not going to have fun, then we are. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so what are you, you're saying that the diacetyl, because I definitely, I didn't want to give any of my descriptors before you. It's the first time I shut up through a whole evaluation. You should be here more often, Beth. <laughs> People want me it's to shut up. It's usually the first one to be going off and we're going, yeah. yeah. Okay. But okay. uh, but I did get, but I got the candy flavor both in the smell and in the aroma and, and I got the same uh, I got the same taste as I was getting in the aroma too. So uh, you, are you attributing that to the shipping part or is that candy thing happening something else? I think the candy thing is a fermentation process and uh, maybe your your grain choice. Um, uh, some of that. Uh, maybe some unfermentables in there with whatever you're, uh, you know, here again, was it all grain? Was mm-hmm. it an extract? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but something kind of uh, unfermentable in there that gives it a candy sweetness. Um, as far as the diacetyl, that's definitely a, a yeast byproduct. Okay. Uh, I would say in this case, because it's, it's, if it were some sort of sanitation issue, I think it would be much stronger. Okay. So you know, that, that makes sense. Diacetyl comes from two different places. It's okay. either going to be a yeast byproduct or it's going to be a bacteriological issue. Okay. And as you're saying, it's going to be much stronger if you if you weren't sanitizing quite enough. You're going to get diacetyl that way mm-hmm. as a byproduct of, of the unsanitized kind of thing. That's a great way to decipher the two mm-hmm. Right. Types. And it, it, it was definitely there, but it wasn't so overwhelming that it made it a bad beer. Agreed. It, I, if it's still a nice beer. Mm-hmm. Now this would be he. It's a Blondale, so that's what a light hybrid category. Yeah, a light hybrid. It would go in there. Okay, so let's ju- let's just talk style then for a second. Uh, how does the beer do in the style category? Um, I think stylistically, it's uh, very good. It would be you know if you're looking at those little dots on the judging sheet. Um, I think it would be on the upper side of stylistically good. Okay. I think it does have some significant flaws and would probably be in the lower end of significant flaws, but I think as far as intangibles, um, it's a drinkable beer. Um, okay. I'd like to have, it's one of those I'd like to have tried uh, at the source. You know, yeah, out of his when, keg at home. At his, out of his he- keg at home, let me have a glass right here, and I'll bet you it's just an absolutely phenomenal beer. Gotcha. Okay. The best beers never make it out of the house. Yeah, that's true. I-, I can tell you that right now. You guys think I just brew a bunch of bad beer, Doc, but it's because my good beer doesn't last more than a couple of days. Yeah, I keep telling you that. <laughs> he says, oh, this is good. Oh, that was for the contest. <laughs> it oh, was it's good. gone now. Yeah. Sorry. Craig, you want to jump in on this? What do you think of this beer? Well, I kind of agree with her. Uh, the first thing I, I, you know, I kind of felt it was what I thought of was banana bread without bananas. Okay. So uh, sometimes uh, I get little descriptive things like that. Um, with yeah, if, if you ever had there's a something confe- baked with a, a lot of baking powder. There's a mm-hmm. confectionery thing involved with it, but not sweet. But My, something's I, coming. I had a roommate. I had a roommate once that decided she wanted to put everything in those little Tupperware things, but she didn't label them. 
and I thought I was using flour and I was using baking powder. <laughs> and I made cookies. Oh. And it did, it did yeah. have that sharp, it, they were okay, they were kind of flaky. You ate them, right? Oh, of course I did. What else did you <laughs> put in those cookies, Doc? Uh, nothing. But raisins, okay? Yeah. Baking uh, powder and raisins, that <laughs> was it. That's it. And, uh, but they were just, it's just kind of that sharp, kind of chalky kind of, kind of flavor to them. So, it, you know, banana bread without the bananas. Yeah. Makes sense. In a, in a, in a completely nonsensical way, Craig, that's a, that's a very sensible thing yeah, to it was, say. It was, you know, <laughs> okay. You know, it was thud-like or something. Is uh, It wasn't, but that's yeah. a term, you know. Well, Brian, thank you for sending in the beer. I do have another yeah. one of yours in the fridge, which is an IPA, which I think I'll hold off for another show just so that we can do uh, you know, some more tastings and kind of stretch them out. You, too, can send us beer for evaluation, and we'll try to tell you what's happening with it and what we think and how it fits the style. Sometimes we have uh, Jamil in here, folks like Beth. Uh, we've had uh, Kevin in here before. Kevin Pratt's helped us do some yeah. evaluations like this. So uh, all you got to do is email me, and I'll give you the address to, to send your beer in for tasting as well. Okay, another couple of questions I had come through for the chat room for you, Beth. Uh, what's your favorite category to judge? Do you have one of those? Oh, that's a tough mm-hmm. question. I can't say I really have a favorite category to judge. Okay. I, I really I, I can't say that. Um, every one of them has their high points and low points. Okay. You know, you know what I want to know is in categories... Is there a category where beers tend to be better than, say, so some beers are more difficult to brew, so I think it's probably easy to say there's a category where you might get more bad brews or than, a, say, another one. How about a tighter category? Is there a category where you just, you, you can be confident that you're going to get a pretty good lineup of beers? You ever notice anything like that? I think it depends on the competition, but the larger the competition, the higher quality all of the beers are. Okay. Um, you know, pale ales tend to be the first thing that people brew, but they hide them. They can also hide a multitude of sins. Same thing with um, some of the, the, the like the stouts and porters. I think when you get into the dark lagers, lighter lagers, um, and like the. Uh, the classic European lager styles, that's where the brewer really has an opportunity to show off his or her skills. Okay. So wow. that's, that's what I like. I, this Optimator is good. Optimator. <laughs> Op- Optimator. Hey, I didn't get any more. Did you, you guys drink it all? No, there's some right there. Isn't okay. it right? Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were handing it to me, Beth. I was like, I got to go. Optimator. Oh, well, Optimato. I didn't mean to break up the flow oh. there, but I just I just took a sip and uh, wow, it's just a fantastic. Don't worry beer. about it's, me, guys. I grew up on that stuff, so it's yeah. fine. Oh, okay. Are <laughs> <laughs> you over there? I grew up on in. Anchor Steam and Sierra Nevada Pales. So. Not bad either. Yeah. Mm, I don't. Yeah, think I grew so. up on Falstaff and Hams. So. Yeah. Ball my stuff. dad bought hams because he knew the kids wouldn't steal it out of the freezer. Hey, that's a smart guy, right? <laughs> well, my there. dad he bought hams born. because that was the keg that would fit in his kegerator. Ah. See, both of those are examples. There's a couple of uh, of different you know ways that you can buy beer. Those two are what we call defensive beer purchasing, mm-hmm. and it's uh, more so that you can yeah. be sure you're going to be able to consume beer mm-hmm. than than any other. It doesn't. There there are no other factors that are more important than being sure you can consume beer. One being that your kids don't steal it. The other is that it fits in the fridge. Yeah, I had a German grandfather, and he actually drank good beer and did not pass that down to my dad. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So Skips a generation. My grandparents were Mormons. There's defensive beer buying, there's drunken beer buying, and then there's discerning beer buying. And I think that's it. I think that there are really only those three ways that we buy beer. What is it when you don't have enough money and you buy what you can? That's drunken beer buying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're just buying to get drunk. That's category yeah. B. Uh, yeah, because I live by St. Mary's College and yeah. I go into the Safeway and there's like three or four of these kids just looking at the beer. Yeah. I can get 12 of those. Or I can get <laughs> 24 of those. You know yeah. that's all they're doing. Yeah, and you tend to notice that uh, near the colleges, uh, every Safeway's Keystone and Natural Light section is nearly depleted on yeah. a weekend. Yep. Yeah. But it's also half their section. Yeah. And it's a sad thing to see all those beautiful Sierra Nevadas or uh, even you know Samuel Adams, whatever, yeah. all just sitting there all lonely, too expensive to be bought by the college kids. Well, usually what I've seen is they, they buy a bunch of the crap beer, and, and one guy will grab a six-pack of something good, like, this is mine. Yeah. And, and that guy, now, he does defensive purchasing, too, yes. because not only is he being discerning, but when he gets back to the dorm... He has a, a hatch in his floor <laughs> that he hides that six-pack in because that is the only way. Because uh, I've done this, too. You don't bring good beer to a party where you know you're not going to get any of it. So yep. he has yeah. a secret hatch for that six-pack that that guy bought. He worked all week for that seven bucks, and he is going to protect that beer. Oh, yeah. But for seven bucks, uh-huh. he could brew his own. Yeah, that's right. He could have brewed his own whole five gallons, maybe. Well... Close. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do a couple more questions for you. This one came through a little while ago. The question is, and, and I, you've already said in the beginning of the show that uh, you and Craig share the same uh, styles of beer that you like to brew, so mm-hmm. it might not apply to you. So I guess in general, they want to know if women brew different styles of beer than men. Um, looking at the entries that have come in from the Queen, to the Queen of Beer competition over the years, no. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I think that in the specialty categories, women get a little more creative, but um, all in all, no. There's there's no difference. We all brew the same beers. Now, by creative, what are we are we talking? Brownie, pale ale. What do you mean? It was the Girl Scout cookie, ah. Girl Scout mint cookie chocolate stout. That was definitely a standout one time. That actually, that sounds great. It was very good. Who doesn't like a mint Girl Scout cookie? I oh, mean, yeah. it was great. You hoard those it without the staples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were really, it was really good. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other specialties that, that have come through. That that one just stands out. Yeah. That one just stands out. But you still get the yeah. full pale ale category oh, sure. like every other competition. Sure. And, okay. Sure. It, it follows. Um, we do tend to get, I think, a few more meads than some of the other local competitions that that i've judged at but i think it's because we're drawing from a wider audience okay see i think that people would tend to think let's go ahead and play it up play up to some stereotypes for a few minutes here i think people would tend to think that your fruit beer category is going to be full (laughs) contrary to popular belief chicks do not not dig fruit beer okay real women drink real beer yeah real women I'll tell you what I'm going to make a sound bite out of that I'm going to play that on our broadcast but she's right do give apologies to a great basin brewing company they have a great t-shirt that says real women drink real beer and I had to buy Ah. the t-shirt even though it was like two sizes too small but Craig doesn't complain (laughs) (laughs) of course not that's good that's a good shirt to buy I wish I had thought of that that's too bad uh, okay. Now, what about let's go another stereotype here? Uh, so this it, it is a fruit type of beer, but a, a well-respected one. 
the Lambics. And I meant to bring this up when we were talking about a beer to offer somebody who says I don't like beer. I've not handed a Lindemann's Framboise to somebody who didn't love it yet. It's just not happened. I've not given them a glass where they said I didn't love it. Is that a, a popular category then, you know, by chance there among women? Well, I think because Lambics in general uh, and amongst homebrewers, it's more of a rarity. Yeah. Um, there is so much of a, a risk of, of cross-contamination if you're not really careful um it's also very it, labor intensive it's yeah. very labor yeah. intensive um the the hayes club up in placerville uh does a, a perpetual lambic um I, craig do you remember how long we've had this thing going on that's gonna be is that the barrel where you just keep yeah. filling the barrel well, exactly. pull some up yes the annually every uh, year we do they do a batch uh we have our big brew system it's a 40 gallon system that um some people who are had too much time on their hands <laughs> and through contributions from the club we're, we're willing to build this thing it's, a, it's really a great piece of equipment it's on a trailer and you can take it to somebody's I think I've house seen, I've seen it you may yeah. have seen it at, yeah. at NCHF yeah it's quite impressive actually. and yeah it's it's really it's a really great piece of equipment but we we use that um once a year everyone gets together and they contribute the ingredients and they make their their 40 gallons and then fill the barrel hmm. Um, and then in January, the barrel gets drained off and we refill it with, with whatever came out of the fermenter. So, um, we're inoculating it with the same beer, um, year in and year out. Uh, definitely the culture that has been being used to inoculate this beer has changed. Um, it's really developing some just absolutely incredible complexity. It's really a lovely thing. Um, but again, with going back to the fruit beers, mm. um, when you do that fermentation with the fruit, uh, it takes so long. It's a lot like like winemaking, but the product is just of such an, most of the time of such an exquisite quality. Yeah, and the complexity of flavors and just the different types of fruit you can use, you can really find a beer that's going to um, appeal to just about any palate. Sure. I thought of making that our brew, Doc, but I didn't want to tie up your resources for the next year and a half. Well, you couldn't <laughs> wait that long. Yeah. Where is it, Doc? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? He's about to be pulling it. He wants to put that hose in his mouth, the, the one right <laughs> off of the, the, yeah. the chiller. Only uh, when I run out of beer, though. Like, now i got a lot of beer here, so I, I could. it's a good time to brew now because I can wait for this Doppelbach that we're going to have to. Yeah, I know, and I can because we got some around. Because I'm like that. I'll just hold on to that sucker. Talking to have it? No. <laughs> How about now? No. no you're practicing because that's what it's going to be like. <laughs> No. <laughs> hey, the really good barley wines I have to ship off to somebody else and go, hide them. Yeah. Don't tell me where you hid them. Yeah. In two years, I can have them back, but don't don't don't, don't even tell me you have them. You got to give it to that, that college kid who's got to deny it. Deny, deny it. No, don't drink it. <laughs> what do you think, another uh, listener question, what do you think is the most challenging part of brewing to style or maybe brewing in general? What's challenging? Um... Just getting the getting the recipe formulation just right and the procedure just right. You okay. know, I mean, really, just you know, like you're brewing a British pale ale. Okay, is what part of the country is it from? Yeah. You know, am I trying to brew to um, clone a commercial style? And even amongst commercial styles, when you're looking at a style uh, style description, you really have a set of parameters that 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 you're working within, and Sometimes you push the envelope one way or another and you cross into another style. Are you, are you brewing for competition or are you brewing for yourself? 
Um, those are questions you have to ask yourself when you're brewing to style. Sure. Um, if I'm brewing to style for a competition, it might be a bigger beer um, versus a smaller beer. But then again, you know, it, it depends on the quality of the judges. Those who are, who are very knowledgeable are going to say, yeah, this is great. It's right in the middle. Yeah. Where... Others might say, well, you know, this is right in the middle, but I really prefer one that's a little bit bigger, and so your scores get skewed because of an inobjectivity of a judge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Brewing the style is not, in and of itself, is not that complicated. Okay. It just takes a lot of um, attention to detail. A lot more focus in your, mm-hmm. on your brew. Yeah. Uh, safer to say that you really need to make sure that you plan your numbers and then hit Definitely. your numbers in in style brewing. Definitely, and it takes repetition and just doing it over and over again. And sometimes you'll you might miss the mark a little bit. Oh darn! You just have to brew again. Yeah. <laughs> now, should not to style brewers avoid entering competitions? Then no. they should no. enter. Now, should they find a category then that that's you know if they. I don't know. I guess if you're brewing a pale ale that turns into an IPA or you're brewing a Kolsch that turns into to, to something else entirely because you're not brewing to style, uh, do they still enter it as a Kolsch? Or? You could. Um, or if you think that it fits better in another style, um, put it in that category. But I would say don't expect to ribbon unless okay. it's a very small category. You'll get some good – or I'm sorry, small competition. You'll get some good feedback if you've got really good judges. They will give you pointers on – what is missing from from that beer to make it one style versus the other? Okay. I got a very interesting question through the chat room. I've always wondered about that too, actually, and that's for you as a judge. Do simple beers ever win the competitions? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah? Yes. They have. Um, a, a Scottish ale um, took the uh, Home Brewer of the Year this NHC. year at, at the National Humber Competition. Okay. A Scottish Ale is one of the smallest, simplest, plainest beers but, that you could imagine. But that's not what you picked. Oh, stop it. What'd you pick? Are we allowed to say that? Is no, that I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I really, um, I always eat. keep my notes from best to show panels. It was something else, and I'm not going to go into that. You so. can say it was Dr. Scott's coconut stout. We don't mind. It's all right. <laughs> it wasn't a coconut stout. It was actually another. It was another uh, lighter beer. Uh, okay. It was another lighter beer. Um, I've seen. So they were all wrong, not you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. You did well, that on purpose. Yeah, the Kolsch one. That I'm going to cry now. Yeah. There's yeah, no right. crying in brewing, even yeah. on the women in brewing show. <laughs> there is no crying in brewing, Justin. Except when I fail my batches. I see. Then, it, then you're allowed <laughs> That's to a every other time. Yeah. No, actually, to to answer that question, um, I think the focus has gone away from let's rip the lips off the judges with an IPA to um, let's focus on the skill of the brewer. And if there is a a wonderfully crafted, wonderfully balanced double IPA that deserves the best to show, it will win. If there is a perfectly crafted classic american pilsner um that may win so really that's what we're looking at is what is the skill of the brewer how did they how did they hit the style and then when you're sitting there on a best of show panel which one of these excellent examples of style is the best is the closest to the style so okay but they're great beers 
Even to get in that point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just I to be hate there. being on those panels. Dang. Uh, tough choices. You're splitting no. hairs there. So it is. sometimes we have to ask for a second bottle. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Another round, folks. All right, here's a good question for the two of you that came through from the chat room. Uh, people want to know if you guys compete with each other when you guys are brewing beer. And if you do, does Craig sit in the corner and cry like I do when I lose to Daniela? That's what they want to know. <laughs> yes, we compete. Um, mostly he's hiding from me because I'm throwing shoes at him or something. <laughs> I I make some pretty good beers. Do you find yeah. yourselves going, "Hey, this is you know, this is my beer. Okay, this is mine. Whose is better? You know that no. kind of thing." No, no. Uh, when when it comes down to our, our our overall drinking beers are the same style, but okay. we have certain beers that we like to really focus on. Craig likes to focus on the Meritzen and the Lagers, the Hellas, and um, I tend to. Uh, I, I make a really mean barley wine and a uh, wit beer that's just absolutely phenomenal. Well, we try and ex- okay. we try and exhort each other because we know we are both going to drink the beer, or whatever. Right. Know, we just don't want it to be bad. That's right. So you know, like sanitation and the fermenter—that's what's going to make or break it. Okay. So I said, you know, I need to carry this downstairs to the basement, don't I? I go, yeah. And I go, well, <laughs> did you do well, that yet? <laughs> did you clean out that uh, carboy yet? Because I see that yeast residue, right. and dang it, you used it last, and I'm not scraping that yeast out of <laughs> Now, Danielle and I are, are very open about how the beer comes out, too. Yeah. Are you allowed to tell each other if the beer came out, uh, well, let's just say like shit? Are you allowed to we'll say? She'll you know right off. I'll know right off the bat. It's called poop. It's called. <laughs> it's called fertilizer. <laughs> but you sacrifice can, yeah. to the beer gods. You can both say that and just look at the other and go, "Well, let's do uh, another one." It's. Uh, or, or here's one. Are you, do you want to drink it? No, I don't want to drink it. Okay. Uh, All right. I think that's when it comes down to whether you dump it or not. It's not. That's whether, it. It's as good. It's, I don't know if it's going to make it in a competition. No. It's, are you going to drink it? I'm not. I gonna ain't going to drink it. You're going to drink it. Well, I want that keg back. Well, sometimes yeah. You've been brewing long enough. You go, and I know what I did wrong, and that was just laziness or just not focusing, or I was on the phone too long while this was going on. And and you, you know, know tasting on every during every stage, usually you're not going to have it packaged, and then say, "I'm not drinking this." Yeah, you know, you're going to know before you package that beer in a keg if it's totally toast, and if it goes bad in the keg, it's time to refurbish your keg. Yeah, <laughs> true. Okay. Here's a, a basic question. I think they want to know uh, just about uh, BJCP judging in general. They want to know if you chill the beer before drinking. Does that depend on category? So I think they want to know how that beer comes to you at the judging table. Um, most well-run competitions, the beers are kept refrigerated or mm-hmm. kept at a constant temperature that's, that is conducive to proper storage um, before the competition. Um and when it comes time for judging, uh, we do try to have each beer served at an op- optimum temperature for that particular beer style. Okay. Most beers do not um, show themselves well at you know thirty three degrees. You yeah. know they they won't show well. So generally, it's depending on the style between forty and say fifty five degrees 
um, that the beers are served. So do you do they start at one temperature because they can obviously then you can if it's supposed to be served cold you can mm-hmm. do it right away and then just drop them down let it sit out and warm up a bit if it's supposed to be a warmer beer. Um, sometimes we do that and the, and there have been times when we've just had a panel just sit there and let the beers warm up a little bit before they serve them. It, it really depends a lot on the the size of the competition mm-hmm. too and how many stewards are there and uh, you know it's manpower. Yeah, can they person get it? power. It's person power person. on this show. Excuse me. On today's show, it's person power. Person power. <laughs> it's human power. <laughs> yes. So it, it, it has to do with whether they can get it out there in a timely fashion to the same judges at the same rate and where it came from to begin with. And that's the job of the cellar master. I mean, this it's the job of the sure. cellar master to make sure that those beers are at the proper temperature before they go out to the table. You know, um, I know in QOB we've had we we've had some really great cellar masters. Um, who've done an excellent job, I mean, since day one, of making sure that those beers were at the right temperature before they went out to the table, mm. to the extent of putting little thermometers in. Wow. And, you know, they might ice down the loggers because they weren't cold enough, but usually we have the competition in October, so it's pretty cool outside. You know, it was 45 degrees last night, so the stouts are fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. All right, this question I'd like all three of you to take a shot at, Doc, Craig, and Beth. We'll start with Beth. A uh, question came through wanting to know what you think is the hardest category to brew. Or I guess, you know, what's the hardest style to brew there? Um, really, I think the, the, the true-to-style German lagers, um, like the, the Oktoberfest, the Doppelbox, those types of things, because... With it, you know, most people either use a rim or they use an infusion mash, just simple infusion. Oh, we don't need to do a decoction because of the modification of the modern malts. But there is a certain quality that comes from that decoction mash. And as I mentioned before, um, every time I've done a decoction mash, yeah. it rained. <laughs> but <laughs> just your luck. It was the, the during the football game, and uh, I was out there on my third decoction with a raincoat on and dripping. And Craig and his buddy were in watching football, and I'm like, "Can you guys bring me a beer? I can't leave the uh, pot." Yeah, that that wasn't fun. But anyway, um, there is a. There is a certain quality that comes out of that decoction mash that, I mean, we've experimented doing the same beer okay. side by side. Oh, this is good to know. And yes, it's difficult to do um, as far as getting that decoction step correct. And I did also step the, infusion. Also, the the temperature okay. control on fermentation. You, you got to make sure that that you have that constant constant temperature. Um, once you go into fermentation, because if it if it bumps up, you yeah, know, you can lose it. So with the one that you did side by side, where you did a single infusion, and Beth, you did the decoction. Yeah, is that I, what you're saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did a step infusion, kind of like you know, one twenty two, one thirty something. By adding hot okay, water yeah. into the into the water ton. And then she did a decoction, which was, or the triple. Double? I did a triple. triple. Okay. I did that triple decoction yeah. on that beer. Were all the other parts of the beer the same? As the far same as those we two could things? possibly could. do. Yes. And uh, so then what were your results that you found out? And this was a, a Hellas you brewed? Or? No, it was a Hefeweizen. It was oh, a Hefeweizen, okay. actually, okay. of all things. And what you? What were your, your findings? Her, the, her beer was more was slightly richer. Okay. Yeah. 
had a little bit of richer quality to and it. And I was just wondering, is it worth the effort to give it that much more richness? Granted, it was a Hefeweizen. Yeah. And try it with... That is always the issue. You know, it's, you know, it's I, this labor-intensive I, view. You know, I, I say I, yes. I want to go somewhere in a while, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you have to be committed. One thing about I German stood out I slaved That's over true. that stove in <laughs> the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all alone with no beer. Uh, I bet they're so, both damn good beers. They yeah, were exactly. very good beers. So... Yes. You know, is, is it is it worth it? But if you're trying to brew a style and and maybe make that contest, make that little edge, yeah, it's going to be the labor intensive beers. Yeah, describe describe a little more in depth, richer to me. What do you what do you think were the you know the differences that it, made it, it richer? Well, the mouthfeel, you know, this was going back. When were we going back? Eight years or oh, so, okay. seven so you gotta, years? Yeah, but, all right. But I do remember it, and it was just. Little more oomph to it. So, kind of, uh, complexity, a yeah. body, body, complexity and body. Okay, body. it wasn't necessarily sweeter. Okay, which is the depth of flavor yeah. complexity. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, the hops and everything were all the same. Yeah, and they yeah. fermented the same temp and correct. Yeah, they were side they by were side, side by side all, all the rest of the way through. So, racked at the same times, everything. Okay. Um, do you want to answer the original question also, Craig, then? Well, the I, hardest uh, style to brew? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short and simple. Um, uh, Pilsner's, Czech and German, and Hellespears. It seems like the simple. it's almost like music. The simpler the band, the more mistakes are noticed. Yeah, okay. But if you do it right, you, some, you can't beat three-piece bands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Great analogy. Yeah. That's a good that, point. I'll leave it at that. Doc, hardest style? I'm with him. It's 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 more the, the it's labor intensive to do uh, these German loggers. There's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it, it, it comes down to every aspect of of your brewing. Uh, it's got to be the, the the everything from the grain bill up to fermentation. Yeah. All the way through to lagering. Everything's got to be there, and there's nothing to mm-hmm. hide behind. Yeah. Uh, but but um, what Beth was talking about is, you know, these other beers, to get everything out of it, like a Doppelbach, you got to go to these extra lengths just to get everything out of it. So they're both difficult to brew on a lot of different levels. Okay. So if you don't want to come up with something that's not true to style and come up with off flavors, you got to be right on the money yeah. the whole time. Okay. So yeah. all, all three of you agree. I think it's the labor-intensive part of it that it makes it the difficult thing to brew. Okay. Difficult on the other end is uh, you miss something, and you yeah. get this off flavor in there. Uh, especially on the fermentation, though, is, is I've, be I've long been that one. With, it's, it's I'll make or break it. Yeah. You, you can't have it floating up and down with no. with uh, whatever temperature in the corner of the kitchen. Yeah, no, you've you've got to have a constant. Too. You've got to have a constant temperature. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's Definitely. high, whether it's low, but it's got to be constant. Right. The yeast right. don't like to fluctuate up and down, even no. three, four and, degrees. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay to cry. <laughs> Thank you. Craig. You know all this stuff with, with nothing to hide behind. I'm, I've suddenly was taken back to that that comparison of the the stripper. You know, there's yeah. nothing to hide behind there. It's See? you out there, baby. My stripper yeah. cat. My stripper analogy works every time, Daniela. Yep. It does. I like it. Okay. So where's the pole going? Yeah, it's going <laughs> right in the center of the studio. It's very I, good I can build that. Yeah, right. Forget it. I'm right, not going right, to pay right, for right, that. Right. I'm sorry. Pay yeah. for it. You're going to be on that pole, baby. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Man. You can't afford that doc oh. there you go girl even a yes, doctor can. can't afford it <laughs> no, you, I can. no you can't my dear <laughs> i've got a slush fund <laughs>
All right. Uh, let's see. Here's a, a process question, any one of you. Uh, can you do a nice multi-temp mash with two-row? And I know we can. I guess mm-hmm. maybe the better question is, you know, does it uh, does it uh, help? Is it a, a good thing to do with two-row to do a multi-temp mash? Well, you talk about two-row. Well, two-row is, is a type of grain. If mm-hmm. you're talking about the malt, okay, what's the roast? Is it, are you talking about a pale malt? Are you talking about a pills malt, two-row? Are you talking about, um, you know, a Munich, a Vienna? I mean... Or are you it talking about a, an American two-row versus, versus a, a continental two-row, right, where right. the protein levels are totally different? Right. That's this yeah. kind of a vague question. Uh, you can do a nice multi-step infusion mash with anything, depending okay. on the beer style that you're yeah. making. And if you can do it, why not? Yeah. And it will help, especially if you've got a, a high-protein level two-row. You're going to want to do that anyway. But is it, does it hurt not to? No. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just reading questions in front of me that are coming through, too. got some long ones. Um, here's a quick one, though, and this is a good question. Back to the Queen of Beer real quick. Um, are the judges at Queen of Beer all female? I wish. Yeah, that'd I be nice, I really huh? do wish that we could do that. Um, we'd love to have 100% female judges at Queen of Beer. Right now, we're lucky if we can get one female on each panel and then, because some of the women have entered beers in the competition, we end up with an issue on Best of Show. Only one year did we have enough female judges to have an all-female Best of Show panel. Okay. So it's, uh, we'd love to. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, get out there, take the exam, get BJCP, you know, get in there so that we have record of who you are and, uh, like to have y'all come out and judge. That sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? <laughs> y'all, y'all come, come on down. <laughs> come on out to Hangtown yeah. and help us judge. <laughs> we'll have some good food. It'll be real fun. <laughs> All y'all. Yeah. Uh, we have good beer. <laughs> well, I'm going to refrain on these questions. Well, let me, let me preface it. I'll see if I'm going to ask these questions or not. Any experience with first wort hopping? I have not done that. No. Craig? No. Neither have I. Dog. Dog? Yeah, I've tried just about everything. You, you, but have you done any, like, you know, true experiments? Would you be able to no, decipher not, differences? No, I've not done side by side to see, well, that okay. made it better with the same recipe. But I've tried mm-hmm. a lot of different uh, brewing techniques. Okay. But I, I said, well, was that one better? I'm going to brew it again and do mash hopping. Or I'm going to brew it again and just do late hopping. I haven't done that. So. No. Yeah, I'm going to hold off because uh, what I have in front of me is two first wort hopping questions um, about about what the bitterness is that it adds. And, uh, you know, I want to wait. I, I really want to I've been wanting to pose these questions to Jamil when we get back him him back in here on a show, because uh, you've all heard his opinions about first wort hopping. But he's the only person I know that's done the blind tasting uh, about them, too. And so I'd like to just hold off on these. What I will say, they're they're wanting to know about the impact of the bitterness. Um, specifically what the equivalent to a hop addition it would be. So, for example, if you do a first wort hop, it's equivalent to, say, a 20-minute addition of hops in in bitterness. Uh, What I will say is that the John Palmer interview does address first wort hopping, and he does have some results about what he found. So check that out. And otherwise, I just... We could wax on poetic, I think, about first word hopping and not have the real results. So if it's right. all right with yeah, you, let, let me wait until Jamil gets in here and, 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 and some other folks, too. I think Denny is setting himself up with a uh, 
first word hop experiment on Jamil's uh, recommendation. So I will put it in our little uh, storage folder uh, that that goes to questions that have uh, been unanswered that will we'll get answered. By Jamil. By Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's part of the Jamil. Show. That's what ends Thank up. Thank you, Jamil. Uh, we appreciate your input. <laughs> what ends up happening? That's why you said Pope. All right, I think uh, I think we're going to wrap things up. I think it's been a full show. Stump. And uh, you want to do that? Yeah, I do. You want to do Stump the Queen? Yeah, I think it's going to oh, be a tough God. one. Oh, Stump the Queen. We got to do it. We used to do yeah. Stump the Brewer. In, yes. They, they throw all kinds of questions out there. Oh, you probably will anyway. Oh, Everybody they all do. They eventually do. Everybody gets stumped. They have okay. Google at their little fingertips. Oh, okay. so. no, yeah, you don't have to feel bad about it. Everybody gets stumped. Everybody. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, so uh, we usually do Stump the Brewer. We'll do Stump the, the well, we're, Stump we're, the we're Queen. We're doing Stump the Brewer today, too. She's a brewer as well. Yeah. But she's uh, also a queen. Uh, stump Might as well use the title. The Queen Brewer. All right. So uh, do you have those uh, questions already? Were they already thinking about it? No, or, uh, I just okay. posted it. So You could also call in 888-401-BEER if you want to do your Stump the Queen. It can't be a question to me. I don't want to hear any of this. <laughs> about gayness. Any more queen jokes out of you guys. You look lovely, though, And, yes, tonight. we do ask for them for the entrance to drop their pants when they bring the beer in. Okay? Ah, that's fantastic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you we have look to for ch- scars, too. <laughs> so, so you we need it. Whole, has to- we have a whole line of volunteer guys to do this. You know? Right. I'm sure they like. So what you're saying is it can't be a newly formed woman. It has to originally have been a woman to well, enter the competition. We were actually a talking woman about. Brew. This is we, a good question. We were talking about DNA tests for, mm. for hermaphrodites and, and chimera. Is, you know? Sure. Now, so do we not do the... Uh, is that a hybrid? Yeah, yeah. that's a hybrid. Uh, a light when, hybrid. Being, especially in, be in the hybrid. Bay Area, uh, <laughs> political correctness says that we're supposed to call a newly transformed female, you know, a, a post-op, as we call them, a, a, a woman. We? Is a, I'm, I'm saying political correctness okay. says that's what we're supposed I to do. I guess I am too, then. Uh, so it, uh, is, that, uh, is a post-op woman allowed to enter the competition? If the beer was produced while that person was post-op. And then Under it's post-op. okay. It has to be post-op. <laughs> if the, no no uh, transition op. No. <laughs> Nothing in between. It has to be post-op. All right. Just because you want to wear the crown. Yeah. The uh, hormones will, will have had to have kicked in at that point for you to. It's a really cute hat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't join the competition just because you want the crown. The queen to be queen. 888-401-BEER is the number. We're going to wrap things up with Queen of Beer. While we're doing that, a uh, couple of announcements. Okay, so. As I said, the Brewcaster blog is up on the homepage. You can check that now for our whole trip to GABF. We're going to be posting there and letting you know what's happening. Also, the new uh, One Hour Boil podcast is available. It's already come to my attention that somebody had a problem uh, downloading it, so here's all you have to do. Uh, there's a there's a, a, a bit of a process when you download it. You go to the pay screen, and all these instructions are on the screen, by the way, but not everybody likes to Just read them. Just read them. Yeah. I know people, you know, they just like fly through and let me buy it. Um, But maybe it happened uh, whether you read the instructions or not. When you go to PayPal and you complete your purchase, click the Return to Merchant button. And it brings you right back to the download page. And you just hit the download button and it will give you the file. also, uh, if if that doesn't work for you, if you go through the whole process and you log out, if your computer fails, whatever happens, it's all right. Go back to the store, log in, and just go to your My Account page, and the download will appear right there in your My Account page. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it will appear there. 
If all else fails and you have purchased a download and not gotten it, I do apologize. I try, I worked out all those bugs myself, uh, with others as well last night and the day before. We spent two days just purchasing it ourselves in many different scenarios to make sure it worked. If all else fails, send me an email. I'll give you, I'll send it to you right away. I'll put it right in your inbox. I'll give you your own link to it. So it's, it's a, just in proof. It's, it's, it's even just in proof. I'll send it to you. I do apologize that you didn't get it instantly, but I will send it to you, uh, as soon as I get the email. So. Uh, please do not fear buying uh, the MP3. It helps support the Brewing Network. Uh, it's really going to do a lot of things around here, I think, to help us go. And plus, I'm really happy with this first podcast. I think it's fantastic. I think that John Palmer did an excellent job. We covered a lot of categories. He's a great interview. Uh, obviously, his book, it, you all know about that. It's such a great book that uh, I think you're really going to be happy with the interview. And uh I think it's going to make you want to go buy the book. If you're afraid to spend money on John's book, then don't buy the podcast. I'm going to tell you right now because he really represents himself well. He knows a lot of stuff, Doc. Yes, you ever he does. sat down and talked to this guy? Many times. He really and, and 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 he's he's very laid back about it, and he knows what he's talking about. Oh, he's very humble. Yeah, he is, and and he knows what he's talking about. He's and a good he, guy, and he he loves to sit and drink beer with you and just discuss whatever you want to. Yeah. He is. He's a lot of fun that way. So, like I said, if you're if you're afraid to spend uh, what is it, twenty bucks or something on his book, maybe it's not even twenty bucks. Uh, don't buy the podcast because it's going to make you want to do that. Well, a lot of people want to have. What's my first brewing book to buy? And and I, I do point them to that one. It's a good book. I think it's it really an excellent is. excellent for first brewing book. As, was it one of your? Uh, well, you, you I've started been brewing before, before the, the book. book. Yes, but have you book. read it since? Yes. Subsequently, yes, yeah. yes. And I think what I've told John about it too, and not that I fall into this category, but I think that as you become an advanced brewer, you can still benefit from his book Definitely. because he almost has simultaneous chapters. He goes one for hey, if you just want to get to it and go and, and get it done, this chapter's for you. If you want to know why, the next chapter. Is for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, so definitely. I think you know guys like Doc who know all this stuff can get into John's book. Oh, and, I do. You know. Oh, it's there's just little pearls that I grab from here and there on that book. It's it's awesome. You want to be flattered for a second, Doc? You personally, uh, John Palmer called me last week. Uh, he said, "Hey, I'm just listening to your water show with Doc and Colin," and he's like, "And they nailed it." They nailed oh, cool. everything about it. Awesome. He said. He said it's also, by the way, a chapter in my book, uh, and he, and they talk about all the things I've said. They really got it right. They were talking about all the things that I talk about when I mention water and it affects on things. And he said that you and Colin just did a kick-ass job covering water. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, when I first met John, uh, it was when he was he was lecturing about water, and I bought his book and he he signed it. To the only other guy here that knows about water. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so that, that that I I look at that and I smile every time I see that. No, so that's, that's a cool. that's a compliment. It's a tough subject, and uh, he covers it well. And said that uh, we did too. So that's cool. I said, yeah, I didn't even know what questions to ask. I just sat here for half the show. <laughs> <laughs> I went, yeah, that water's good. It's tasty. <laughs> okay, ready for your first dump, the brewer? All right. This one's rough. They went right at you. Oh, it figures. Right for the jugular. Yeah. <laughs> what is the peak absorption rate of bitterness, flavor, and aroma in terms of time on the boil? The peak absorption rate? Yeah. I think that depends on the gravity of your wort. 
Do they have an answer to this? Do they yes. Get, they do. Okay, go I on, Beth. I have three numbers here. Okay. It, ah. it does, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, they probably stumped me on this because I wasn't thinking about these types of things when I came out here today. You're joining a long list of stumped <laughs> yeah. brewers. Don't okay. worry. Every single one. <laughs> do not feel well, bad. They have Google at their fingers. <laughs> well, it, and tr- uh, honestly, it does. The the absorption rate of bitterness de- of, of bitterness aroma and flavor does depend on the the gravity of the word. If okay. If you're figuring it at say 1050, I'm thinking of uh, Randy Mosher's um, brewers. Companion, um, and I'm visualizing the graph, but I can't read the numbers. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, that's so me in test situations. <laughs> Same here. I was just thinking about you. Just took me back to college. Well, see, yeah, this is about. Let's see. I see the graph. After what about, did it say? After about uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you've pretty much extracted all you're going to get out of it. Okay. Flavor in probably about 10 minutes, and aroma um, right at the end of the boil. Um, is what I would. That's throw out a number just for the last one. Then we'll compare just for throw out a number one percent or just or one minute. Just are they are they minutes? Is that the answer? Okay, what are his answers? Seventy two, twenty, and seven before the end of the boil. I don't know if it's right. Seventy two. So that's on a ninety minute boil. Yeah. What's the gravity of the word? He doesn't say. Well, then that's not a fair question. And that's not stumped. Yeah, I You're say not, not stumped, stumped, too. Plus, you would then have to specify that it was a 90-minute boil, or right? Like, yeah. Right, you have to yeah. specify the time of boil. 60-minute boils. You know. Don't you worry. I got another one. <laughs> I'm sure go. you do. Yeah. <laughs> they always come through. Who was the first American to brew lager-type beer and when? Okay. That's impossible to know that if you don't have Google. No, well, actually, I did read. Um, I have this book. It's it's the the uh, something. What is the Brewing in America? Brewing in America from like yeah. You got your yeah, copy I, of it. I got Brand this copy com- of it. It's Stanley Brown. I want to say something like that. Um, I checked it out of the library like when I first started brewing in '92. I checked it out again a couple of years later. And when I looked at the little card when I checked it out again the last time, I think I was probably the last person to check it out again. <laughs> um, so I felt sorry for the library because I wanted to keep the book, so I bought my own copy. Yeah. Um, the first person to d- brew a lager type of beer, it wasn't one of the Bush family. Um, or That's the correct. And it was the Anheuser uh, was first commercially... Yeah, I believe it was a small brewery. This person is saying mm-hmm. it's such it an American name to me too. John yeah, Smith. if you're a if you're a BN listener, you know this. If you're a okay. hardcore Brewing Network listener, you know this. Well, then go ahead and I don't her. remember it. Then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to my own show. I don't even listen while I'm in here. The answer is it was in 1840, and the name is John Wagner. That's John it. Wagner. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And okay. he brought the first lager yeast to the U.S. from a brewery brewery in Bavaria. What, what does it say? His because he has a brewery name back then too. Does it? Do they have that? Yeah. What was the name of the brewery? I'm trying to remember that too. Mm. And that is in that book, and I know because I just read it like not too long ago. I'm it's like, just uh, well, the Stanley Brown's close. Listeners telling me that it's in uh, Philadelphia. The yeah. brewery. Yeah, yeah that's in right. Philadelphia. You know what's in, here's what's great about this question. It's one of my go-to questions when we do beer Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it's it is simple at John Wagner. And here I've asked a question in Beer Jeopardy five different times. 
I don't think anybody's ever answered it, and even I couldn't just give the answer. I don't know what it is about that question, but it's uh, fairly simple, and no one can ever get it. Somebody someday will. We'll get a listener calling and playing Beer Jeopardy, and, and I'll ask it just for fun. And if they don't get it, I'll be upset. Now, I, I have a question, though. Is Do you know the connection of the student's T-test in uh, statistics to brewing? No. In fact, it's, I don't even understand the question. Okay. <laughs> there are people out there I know who would understand the question of no, the student's T-test. It's probably because I'm dumb. It's, it's, no. It's, it's, <laughs> and if you look into it, you can also find the connection to brewing, but I'm not going to give the answer. You can't give the answer? because now I'm you not got, going to. Can you tell us what the student's T-test is? Um, so I can guess at the it's answer? A small, it's a small sample uh, test for the median Okay, like medium in talent, like in like uh, in statistics, statistically, the t- a small sample test for the median. Okay, so the median intelligence of uh, students. Mm, yeah. Or book smarts. It's whatever. a very very fascinating story behind this test. This so really and there's a, a, a there is a brewing connection. <laughs> so we'll save that for the next time Beth is on the BN. Yeah, but now my wheels are turning about. I'm trying to think about it too. It can't be that you're really smart and a good brewer because I'm not a good brewer. Or no. smart. You see, <laughs> no, you didn't follow my train of thought there, Doc. <laughs> I guess, yes. Actually, it can't be that you're half a tart and a good brewer because uh, then I'd be a really good brewer. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Where can we find this information? Is there a book um, we have to go by? That was in my statistics test book um, and might be in a statistics te- textbook, but I don't know if it would probably tell you the name of the person who created the test but um and he went under a pseudonym because he didn't want to have to pay royalties to his employer ah that's interesting so just randomly you're in this statistics class reading the textbook and it has I'm an going, association cool. to this brewers has an association to beer this yeah. is great hey, i gotta remember this if there's any statistic <laughs> i remember it's this one that's it yeah <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll have to wait for the next Queen of Beer show uh, for the answer to that, which and hopefully will be a bit more problem-free. I have another question on the Queen of Beer competition. How many bottles do we have to enter? Three. Three. All right. Standard number. Just your standard competition number. All right. You're entering your beer to that, huh, Daniela? Most likely. Yeah. If it's any good. <laughs> you got to do it. It got to do if it. If it's less than contaminated, then you have to do it, right? Oh, yeah. So as long as it's not contaminated, it goes to the competition. Exactly. So uh, hopefully that'll be good. And uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to be contaminated, actually. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. You had a good fermentation control, right? Yes. Kept it at a steady temperature? I did. It fermented vigorously. I did. Want to take this call? Yeah, I guess we'll take one call. Hey, caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Hey, man. I was uh, just listening to... Uh, the Queen of Beers talk about the the tea test. Yeah, do you know this? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. I think it was uh, devised by scientists at Guinness. Okay. The tea test. Ah, you are correct. Oh, so right what? Do you want to give us the answer, or you just know who it was devised by? Oh, I don't know the name of the guy. Okay. I just knew it was devised at Guinness. I didn't know I'd be that specific. Do you know what the results are though? Like that's what we didn't know. Oh, what what it's used for? Well, yeah, like yeah. What's the tea? What is the correlation? Oh, I don't know what they use it for there. No. no. So we still have to wait for the next show, I bet. Okay, you can wait till the next show, and I'll give you the name of the person. Okay. I know it's used for, like, in regular, like, science, but not for brewing. Well, it would be the same for anything. Yeah, what, all right, what's it used for in regular science? 
Oh, it's just used to to basically test uh, differences between two two groups, uh, direct comparison between two groups on like a, a mean a mean standard or like a mean level of some something whatever you want to test them on. All right, this is like saying like the color white is pale. Like, what's the correlation then between? So you're saying that to, Beth is over there going, "Yeah, you're right," but we just we said that already. Like, we just don't know the exact correlation of brewers, right? Right, and actually, in in all of everything that I can find, I can't find exactly what they were testing at Guinness. Ah, I see. What the, what was the use of that test in Guinness? Was it for extraction? Was it for the acidity? Of the different batches, because I know that they did blend at that point in time. I I don't know. I haven't. Been oh able yeah, to find that. I never learned. I I got to know my like statistics courses. I never knew exactly what they use it for. All right. Hey, who are we talking to? Who's calling? Uh, my name is Dustin Jay. Dustin, I'm going to give you something because that's pretty good that you even knew what the the, the oh, whole right thing. On, so. Well, then you're going to have to give something else to somebody else who even had a better answer in the chat room right now. Really? <laughs> the the T test was developed as a way of measuring how closely the yeast content of a particular batch of beer corresponded to the brewery standard. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I've worked a lot with the T test when I was yeast in school. Standard. Okay, it's a pretty simple test. Mm-hmm. You just said it, and I still don't know what it is. Oh my gosh, you're so dumb. <laughs> it amazes I get it. me. <laughs> of course she does. All right, Dustin, uh, send Daniela an email, Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, I don't know, I got something here I'll send you. I got a shirt or something. Okay, thanks a lot, man. So, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. You bet. And uh, all right, we'll send chat room dude something else too. Right? Who is Jay. that? Jay. Chat room dude. Just Jay? No, the name Jay. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> like as in J A Y? Yeah. Okay. E. Alright. Jay will send Daniela an email. Daniela at the Brewing Network dot com will give you something too. Hey We'll um, give you one of Doc's Conicles. Nice. <laughs> the big one? <laughs> the one that's gonna be uh, your Doppelbox going in? <laughs> oh, not that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh once again the deadlines for Queen of Beers, I got the question. Uh, They are due to be delivered um, to our delivery address no later than October 18th. And the information on the website? Information's on the website at Mm www.hazeclub.org. Follow the links to Queen of Beer. Good luck. Hazeclub.org. Good luck to everybody. Bub, you're on the air. What's up? Oh, it's Boob. Hey, Boob. Hey. What room are you in? (laughs) I'm in the living room today. Okay. What's the word? It's not always true. No, it's not always true. I uh, I'm here to geek out on that tea test thing. Oh yeah, chair. You created a monster. No, oh no, there was a monster here well before you got there. Go ahead. Uh, it was uh, the guy. It's called a student's tea test because he had to use a pen name so that he didn't have to pay uh, Guinness royalties on using the test or whatever. Uh, I see. So it has really nothing to do with students, and it was uh, used to. Apply biochemistry and statistics to the industrial processes of making beer. He does using know. really small amounts of samples to figure out what the numbers would be if you tested everything. Basically, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> you dork. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'm there like... in front of how many computers and you can't pull up Wikipedia? No. <laughs> okay, what's the guy's name? Lucky I know where the keyboard is. Willie, William Seely Gossett. Did you just know? You just looked no, you that looked up, on right? Wikipedia. Yeah. He's on Wikipedia. Justin doesn't even right. know what Wikipedia is to begin with. I know that. I know that old '80s rap yeah. song that has a lot of wikis in it. No, it's <laughs> it's, it's the Wikipedia that has everything in it. No, it's yeah, Wikipedia. It's an online encyclopedia, the best thing you'll yeah. ever. If you're a geek and want to know stupid stuff, yeah, 
the place to be. Stupid stuff. But the deal with Wikipedia (laughs) is that everybody just adds to it and updates it. So who's to say it's right? It's true. But there's a lot of assholes that actually know what's going on that will re-edit it. No, it's good side. But I still think that, like, if there's a lag time between re-editing, you have to take everything that comes there with a uh, grain of salt. Oh, for Christ's <laughs> sakes, Justin. You think, that it, you think there's really geeks out there that are such spammers that they're going to spam about the T-test? No, I think that there's, no, I think that there's people like me who, like, get the gist of something and then feel like they know it and then feel like they could explain it to everybody else. So they go on Wikipedia and they have the basic ingredients but don't have all the details. Isn't that what Wikipedia is for? The basic ingredients? To make you dumb guys uh, (laughs) seem like you're smart? Yeah. See, that's my argument. Doc, don't. Admit it. You go on that site all the time. Uh, no, actually, when somebody sends me something that says, look, hey, look, I found this on Wikipedia, and that's when I find it. So if there's a new dental procedure, you're not going to Wikipedia to find it out, right? No, I don't. Why? Well, because. Because of what I just said, right? Because it's not the no, most usually accurate. I, usually I have to go on there when somebody has to, has something to say, well, what about this? Yeah. And I found it on Wikipedia. i got to go see what it says and see what. Of course. If. if what is on there is what these people believe. See, how come you think Doc Google is, is the Bible then? Doc's proving my point. I don't think Google is yes, the Bible. Yes, you do. What are you talking about? I think that it's a good resource. Everybody uses that. So is you Wikipedia. Google something. I a didn't little say knowledge it was a bad is a scary thing. I said you have to take and everything you get there with a grain of salt. Well, that applies to just everything. Not Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> I'll write you two. <laughs> <laughs> who, writes, who writes Encyclopedia Britannica? Well, I think that they spend huh? time. Huh? If they're going to oh, publish it, it, they God spend time cross-referencing before it gets published. All right, we got to get off the air. I got to yeah, me smack too. Me. you. I got to pee. So. <laughs> two quick things before we go. We want go more uh, of the butchers on Friday. Really? Absolutely. No more it lunch meat. It wasn't that bad. We're going all butchers. It wasn't that bad, but we want a lot more. Okay, We good. want lunch meat, but... Yeah, okay. um, and the other thing is, don't drill into ceiling tiles when you're half drunk, because then you drill into the back of your hand and it hurts really bad. <laughs> it's funny that Bub like has a new "Don't do this in construction" story. Hey, Bub, aren't you the one that hangs uh, your sparge tank from the rafters? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on me yet, baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a pulley system that's sweet. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks to Bub for helping us out with the uh, getting up the store so that we could do the podcast thing. Nice. Always help. I'm always glad to help you get it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bub. You don't have to buy it. Don't buy it. I'm going to send you your own personal copy for the help. Oh wow! Which basically means that. I don't know how many hours you spent, but whatever two dollars and fifty cents it divides was, into is it why it all. It's <laughs> what I've paid you per hour for your help. Woo! Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't say I never did anything for you. I won't. Thanks, Bob. Hey, you guys have a good evening. You too, See man. You, Bob. Bye. All right, everybody. I think that's going to do it for the Queen of Beers show, right? Got to say thanks to Beth Zangari and Craig Zangari also uh, for hanging out with us and doing this show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks hey, for having thanks us. Thanks for coming. All right. You made fun. the trek all the way down. I'll tell you what, Danielle and I got a, a nice, we've been saving it up. It's a secret stash. We got a nice Saison in the fridge. Oh, wow. Stick around and share it with us after right. the show before sure. we, uh, yeah. See, they would, they wouldn't bust that out if it was just ow. me. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, not if it was just Doc. No way. Since we got a few of you here. 
I don't put do my that. hand out in the fridge. Like, don't touch that. <laughs> That's right. Doc, that's not yours. Slap. <laughs> but as exactly. a thank you for uh, making us uh, not become a no-hitter for the month of September and driving all this way, thanks very much. I hope you're going to come back. I'd love to. Okay. Love to. Uh, Beth and I also had talked uh, randomly about doing more with our tastings that we used to do. So when we get some time to get together on that, I'm hoping that we can uh, throw down some tastings for you guys and... Uh, Help everybody's palate. I think that's what we're all here to do is help uh, further the beer and the homebrew skill among all of us. So look forward to that kind of stuff coming up on the Brewing Network. Check the Brewcaster blog if you want to know what we're doing at GABF. We will not be broadcasting live, but we'll be doing tons of uh, archives and video and different things for and you. And the blog. Check out the blog. I'm going to upload pictures every day. Pictures hopefully every day. And The what? Hopefully very embarrassing ones. Yes, those are the only fun ones. Uh, also, if you're going to be at the GABF, please make sure that you meet us at the Thursday session. He said meet. I think we're looking at 630, <laughs> but I will post for sure in the forum tonight. I do apologize about all the problems that we had uh, during the broadcast today, folks. But that is the nature of Internet Radio. So uh, that's the deal. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will not be back next Sunday. We'll be at GABF, but we will be back the Sunday after that. And we'll most likely be extremely hungover Oh yeah, coming, coming home from the NCHF. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll right. see you next time. Bye. I'll take a Belgian crew at a time, and the women think the lamb is fine. But don't you give me that American crew, boy, they want a real home brew. Home brew, don't you really love a better home brew?